This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice than to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're shitting where we eat and eating where we shit. Satirically, of course, as we watched Spine 290 in the Criterion Collection, Louis Benwell's The Phantom of Liberty from 1974. But first, RJ. Yeah. Uh, how's it? How's life? I mean, better now that you're here. Well, thank you. That's... You ever hear that one? No, I I never hear that from you. Not from me. I don't drop that every day to every person. No. I you're, see. You're you're quite unkind. Usually, no, I, I would never say something like that no. to anyone ever. Yes. Uh, I mean, I was a little bit thrown off by your toilet talk, and then I realized what you were actually talking about, and I went, "Oh yeah, toilets." So I saw that movie. Yeah, I watched that movie once, allegedly. Um, what's going on? I don't know, man. I don't think anything's going on anymore. Not for me, at least. No. I didn't do anything interesting. No. Just watching Fred Olin Ray movies. I didn't uh, have to yell and scream at my neighbors. Actually, that dude, uh, the can dude, I uh, I had a uh, can man, issues. can man. Uh, they moved, so they're gone. Yeah, they they sold their property. Uh, they they were, were they uh, rent rentors, find inhabitants of a duplex, and they left. Oh. So renting, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah you but, uh, you won. I won, and now I can sleep easy at night, knowing that my can will be uh, unviolated. Right. Well, that's the most important thing is make sure your sweet can is left. Sweet can. Untainted. Un, un, uh, Violated. Untainted. Yeah. Well, I just don't like people dropping in my can when I'm not aware. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I understand completely. Nobody wants yeah. that. Nobody would want that. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've never slept, slept better. Actually, the other day, Jerry, I fell asleep uh, and it was still bright outside. I think I fell asleep at 830 the other day. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh... I woke up at the normal time and uh, there wasn't a like, there wasn't a gas leak. No, nothing. Well, not that I'm aware of. If if there is, it's still happening. But uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, I said to Andrew, I was like, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed. She's like, It's like eight o'clock. She's like, Can you make it to like eight thirty at least? I was well, like, I'll try. Well, I mean, I'm sure you needed to get your ten hours in. So uh, I do usually need my ten hours. I mean, I'm usually able to get ten hours even if I go to bed at ten. But uh, so I actually got like, like did you... eleven hours, twelve hours. So you woke up at seven or eight. I woke up at the quarter to seven. Okay. I, I wake up at like six thirty now because I don't have to be in. Usually I have to be in just after seven, but uh, because everything's locked down again, I don't. There's a little bit of, of a buffer, mm. about thirty forty minutes now. So, uh, mm. so I don't got to get up as early. But yeah, I went to. I, I I honestly I almost fell asleep at like 7 p.m. the other day and it wasn't like I had a huge day or anything like it wasn't like there was any reason for me to be tired I I think I was just bored. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, that Wayne's World mine where he thought he had mono for a year but it turns out he was just bored. Huh. You know? When are you gonna watch Wayne's World again? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd say do it I, sooner I, than I, later. Maybe I'll wait till a uh, an IDW Comics tie-in uh, emerges. Is that what uh, we're doing now? Is IDW tie-ins for movie watching? Yeah, probably. I think that oh. I, th- I think that would make for a great podcast for somebody out there. Movies I mean, that, that movies do. that have only been adapted as IDW comic books, and Is then that IDW that, comics. Yeah, yeah. That'd be okay, though. No. 
Ish. No, it'd be horrible. It'd be it'd be so bad. It'd be okay ish. What about you, big dog? What are you doing over there? Well, I'm uh I'm sitting over here a big vaccinated boy now. Half half a vax wow. half a vax. Half are you vaxxed and waxed? No. And ready to Oh, what was that sound? Oh I, I cracked my knuckles. Oh Jesus. I didn't realize you could uh pick that up. These it, microphones it, it, got popped. It sounded more of like a wet slapping sound. Well, that happened too, but that wasn't uh, from my hands. Right. Yeah. So you're vaxxed up, hey? What did you get? Oh, I'm the good uh, one. I got that. I got that good one. I got. I got. Uh, I didn't get some substandard, cloddy one. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, were you uh, also uh, relatively fine afterwards? Sore arm and a little tired. Uh, but the, the, that came toward the end of the day on both days, yeah. uh, post like, yeah, the first day. Cause usually, you know, I'm up till four in the morning and, uh, what? and then this time around is like new midnight and it's like, Whoa, I'm tired. Okay, well, yeah. Wait, dial back, roll that back a little bit. You stay up until four in the morning? Uh, lately. Yeah. Why? There's... How late do you sleep in? Uh, like nine. So you're rolling on five hours of sleep a day? Yeah, about that. Why, Jared? Why? Because there's lots of things to do. I'm, well, I'm, there's not. The there's opposite, nothing to do. I, I'm the opposite of you where you're bored. <laughs> and I'm like, I, there's, there's no shortage of things for me to do. There's no shortage of things for me to do either. I have a house full of shit that I need to get around to, whether it's a funny book. Well, did, have you ever thought that maybe it's because you're going to bed at seven in the evening? And maybe, I oh, mean, nothing's getting done. I'm always sleeping. I sleep well, literally half the day, and then I'm like, oh, nothing got done again. It's like, indeed. I get stuff done. I, uh, I get lots of stuff done. I just mean there's no shortage of other things for recreational things for me to do as well. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd ra- I'd take sleep over uh, hobbies any day of the week. Just big snoozy boy. That's A real snoozy bitch, Jarrett. That's weird. As the kids would say. That's, see, that's, that's where you and I differ. You're not a snoozy bitch? No. Hmm. So, man, 4 a.m., that's wild. I can't... Uh, <laughs> Clearly. I can't I can't play ball with that. <laughs> I, I know there's some listeners of this podcast who would probably be on board with that, but uh, when you guys start your side cast, which is the bad dude cast, mm. uh, two, you guys can... 2 a.m. chat. Until, yeah, 2 a.m. after dark. You should host, like, a Discord that's, like, 2 a.m. Yeah. Since you uh, got nothing but time. But I don't... And, uh, it's not like I want to have anything to do with other people, though, at that time. That's, like, that's like what's so good about late at night is because there's no one around. Everyone, everyone else is asleep, and you can just, like, do whatever you want. You're not answerable to anybody. You get to live by your own rules. A real, I mean, a real renegade. Andrew and I mostly have the same thing, but it happens during the work hours, not the... Not the sleep hours. She stays up a little later than I do usually. Yeah, but, uh, that's understandable. Yeah, well, she's got a. She needs that extra hour or two to be awake to uh, regret the life decision she made beside mm. me while I'm I'm snoozing. That's right. She was actually like, uh, like not feeling well like a, a month or two ago. Not nothing like weird. She just like wasn't feeling good one night, and she's like, "I don't feel good." And I was like, "Huh? Why?" And I was like, "Let me help you." And I was like half asleep like fanning her like she's just hot i was like here here you go she's really weak in my mind it was helpful but i don't i don't know if it had the effect that i thought it did right yeah would you want someone to no 
kind of lazily fan you while you sleep? No. Why not? Um, I, I would do without. Oh. Okay. Find, find so, a nice, cool place to curl up and die. Um, yeah. So, anyways, you're vaxxed. So, yeah. we're both vaxxed. So yeah, we're, 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 we're halfway there. We're halfway there. My my uh my thing just said we will call you in four months and I went <laughs> sixteen weeks come on I said good enough for me mine says four months on it mm. but uh, I'm I'm in a different bracket than you are wow so who knows I'm part of the uh, the sexy boy uh, contingent. contingent yeah yeah me and uh, Gal Ducat uh, we were uh, the sexy sexy guys uh, we were uh, priority ahead of you yeah yeah, yeah. I mean because I mean just one thing to like lie. Lie your way into getting it. That's fine. It's fine. I I fit the qualifications. No lies at all. Hmm. Brendo. I wouldn't that, do that. that you go to that, jail that, if you lie about that shit. Yeah, you'll go away for a long time, Mac. Well, at least it would be a. If anything, it would be a fine that I surely couldn't afford. Mm. So. No, I uh, I fit the bill for what yeah. I got. It didn't matter anyways, because apparently, like four days later, they opened it up to everyone, regardless. Yeah. So. Yeah, basically. Well, they gave up, I think. They said, man, shit's not good here. We better figure something out. Well, they got more They got more of that, that sweet product, you know, they could push. Ooh. From uh, Papa Justin. He sent mm-hmm. a, a little bit more. Uh... Josh. Josh? Is that what you're calling him now? Is yeah. Josh? Yeah, yeah, me and him. We, we, is that like a bed talk name or like a pillow talk? J- J- just, no. I don't, Josh? I, I've never met the man. Well, not in person, but I'm yeah. sure you guys talk about minifigs on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, my DMs. He he always puts out a Star Wars post on May the 4th, so I'm pretty oh. sure he's into uh, minifigs. What? What a card. What a Have card. you never seen his Star Wars post? I, I, don't, I don't follow him. Jared, he's the prime minister of the country. Yeah. You're you're doing a disservice by not staying <clears throat> up to date on well, on what he's doing. What's what's uh, Jason Kenny doing right now? That guy, he's probably eating fucking a burger or something, yeah. having a cold one with yeah. his buddies in the park. <laughs> Bo Bandy, Bo Bandy, yeah, eating a dirty burger and having a cold one with oh. his boys. Mm-hmm. And that is his God given right, Jared. As uh, the Alberta uh, Alberta people have uh, come to. Um, no. No. Guess what I'm Do back to doing. What? Selling magic cards, Pokemon uh-huh. cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, sports cards, RC parts, and once in a while even comic books. Is that why we have to start so late now? Yep. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Our start time may have uh, been shifted a little bit, but I sure as hell ain't recording to 11 o'clock like last week. <laughs> oh, boy. Ever again. Yeah, that was... You're uh... not going to put that evil on me again, Jarrett. Yeah. It was a bag of shit the next day. <laughs> I was actually fine, but uh, yeah, exactly. maybe that's yeah. why. Maybe one day, RJ, you're going to find out just like how little sleep you need. I know, but uh, sleep is good for you. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's where you're, you're Vikings. Your uh, circadian rhythms break down the older you get. So I know when I'm like 60, I won't sleep at all. So it's like I got to get in all the sleep I possibly can while, while I can. You know what I mean? <sighs> Big dog. Okay, so you're working at the comic book store. Yeah. And uh, did anyone come in maskless today and say that yes. it was their right? Yeah. Did you well, ask them to leave? No, because they no. come in every week. Mm. It's just a waste. And of, they just, just don't get it, or they don't care. Yeah, they're, they're libertarians. 
Aren't they all libertarians? Um, they 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 fuck with that a little bit, but they don't. I don't think they know what that means. They just they hate communism and Nazis. All because that's all they are. That, everything is Nazis and communists to them. What's left then, if it's all Nazis and <sighs> For, uh, freedom lovers? Ah, what about freedom fighters? Wow, I mean that's some do that, but but in their uh, off time, like uh, hosting uh, illegal rodeos and uh serving uh meatloaf sandwiches oh fuck i i almost forgot about that thing man that was gross <laughs> oh my god yeah. well he went to jail for a few days oh did he yeah he got arrested Good. yeah after 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 the event after for the, uh, sanitation uh, reasons well for violation of health orders so it's not good. health well i mean not COVID things though, right? It was just because of the food he was serving. Is that why he was arrested? Uh, not yet. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, one day. One day. Yeah. Well, what else have you been up to? Um, well, I, I get these phone calls at work and Facebook messages at work uh, from from men who are all asking me about uh, particular cards, mag- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards with a dark magician girl. Oh, gross. And it's because it's got alternate art. Lost art, alternate art. And because people all of a sudden are coming over the woodwork because, oh, this is going for 70 dollars on eBay. And everybody wants a little dark magician girl in their life. How does that how does that make you feel hearing me say these words? I mean, I'm not surprised in any way. I'm not even disappointed anymore. Like I've lost all of my um ability to care about uh, the gross things that you partake in. But uh, it's, like, not surprising. And, like, I know that you indulge as well. What's that? I beg your pardon? It's that I know you indulge as well. In, in the Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, yeah, you're a Yu-Jitsu, are you not? Like, oh, well. I, That's I, what they call him, right? That is actually one of those, like that and, like, yeah, the, the Pokemon. Pokemon? I, I don't know him. Here, I, I, I uh, sent you in Skype here. Uh, what is this? Oh my god! It's like kind. See, the thing that I find troubling about this picture is that it's like uh, <clears throat> it, it looks like a little kid. Really? But it's sexualized, which really? I find oh, problematic. Weird. What a what a what a strange thought to have. Interesting. It's not like anyone at the store that works there has thought the same thing went uh why are these why are men messaging us from like different cities asking if we have these and they're like hey um uh, do you guys have those lost art cards you got any and you go uh which one are you looking for oh you know um got any dark magician girls that's (laughs) and you can get different versions of this card that is the same thing in game but it doesn't have the artwork i mean which apparently is sought after I mean, I, I, I can see that there's gross old dudes who like, want this stuff, and that's gross. Um, but, it, I mean, I think it brings a, bar, a, a part about a bigger issue, Jared. Do you know about cosplay, Jared? I'm aware. You know what I've noticed lately? Just, like, on Reddit, I'll see things, and I'll see, like... Just just by accident. You'll stumble across it. You're not looking for it yourself. No, I, I just go, uh, like, because I have my Reddit with all the stuff I actually yeah. follow, but I burn uh, through antler, it pretty fast. Ant, ant, girl antlers? Not girl antlers, uh, just antlers of any kind, because that's hot right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, the stuff I follow is either, it's either, like, Donkey Kong stuff or just cat pictures. 
So I can burn through that pretty fast. And then I'll go to all, which is everything posted. And it just sorts them based on how many like upvotes they have. And like, I'll come across these pictures once in a while. And I find it weird that like one of the things for these cosplay people is that they like, they cosplay as like underage characters, but then it's just like, it's very sexualized. And it's just like, I feel like you guys are supporting this thing nice. which maybe shouldn't be supporting nice and legal do you, well do you know what i mean it's just like it's like yes you are over that that age so it's okay for you to be doing these things but it's like but you're pretending to be a character that isn't it's like i find that troublesome do you agree or you just you're a big cosplay boy right you're all about that no well Maybe uh, someone's got an answer for us in the emails. What do you have that? How do you think? What do you think? Maybe that might happen. I mean, we can try. Yeah. We can try. Any uh, females in there? Not a one. Man, we lost them. Hey, we had two or three at one point, and uh, they uh, they listened to an episode, and then they're like, mm, mm, mm. "Not for me." First up, we got Rob Eagle. The Eagle. Is landed with an wow. email entitled he made me do it uh i mean i don't know if that'll hold up in court but no. yeah continue hi creeps and sincere apologies to sam for my scurrilous artwork mm-hmm. in my defense this was a commissioned piece i oh, was wow. merely jared's cat's paw uh and uh is this true can you legitimize no. this claim no i have no idea what he's talking about I don't, really? I, I don't even know what this is all in reference to. Oh yeah, because you don't you don't know what memes are, right? I don't. Yeah, what's what are memes? What's ah, what's an email? Interesting. What a, what a convenient out for you. What can it be? This Caligari like hole that man has on me. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what are you doing? What? What? You weren't even doing anything. You weren't moving. I know. I just I I went to put my hands in my lap and I knocked it all over. Are you trying to give us all a heart attack? Ah, uh, well, one of us at least. That said, you... that said, I must confess I had already made my own Sam tune with the theme of Top Cat, who, much like yourself, Sam, was also partial to dining al fresco. Is that what we're calling it now? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, in case uh, people who are listening to this podcast are not uh, on the Instagrams or the social yes. medias, uh, people seem to make a lot of hey, hey days uh, with the, the, the revelations from last week's mailbag segment. There was there was more than a couple people who uh, sent uh, some dank memes of the uh, the trash eater variety. <laughs> Um, there was, I, I posted, uh, a couple of them, nothing too egregious. I don't think other than, uh, the, the likeness of, uh, Sam being shared, but at least it was in cartoon form. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's some things out there, but mm-hmm. I also got, uh, there were some people, <clears throat> Oliver Granger who, uh, uh, rallied in support of Sam and we'll see if he re- wrote in this week, but, uh, he had some things to say as well. Rob continues, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I totally wanted to be Top Cat. 
My favorite part of the show was the end credits, which showed TC bedding down for the night in his bin after a day's adventures. He'd hang up his cane, don his pajamas, and turn off the street lamp. The aerial on the lid of his dustbin told me he even had a TV in there. When, oh, interesting. I don't know Top Cat. Neither do I. Is it a British thing, or was it just... I don't know. I would have thought you knew. You're the big cartoon boy. Top Cat. Are you not? Cartoon. It's an American show. I mean, I know what Top Cat is, but I didn't watch it, if that makes sense. 61 it was a little bit six, before my 61 time. to 62. Fuck, it's old. Yeah, well, you're a... Uh, was this Hannah Bar- yeah, yeah, you're a Hanna-Barbera kid. No, I... Uh, yeah, I never saw Top Cat. It looks fun. There's, they're like, uh, it's a bunch of street cats. cats. Yeah, yeah, they're playing street instruments. One looks like he's got a martini. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So Uh, that one fly nowadays. No, that's probably Boss Cat. Boss Cat would totally. There there was there was a Top Cat movies lately too. Top Cat the movie and Top Cat Begins. What about uh, Top Cat uh, Rises (laughs) and Top Cat v Garfield? Dawn of Lasagna. I am not familiar with those either. Okay. No. Interesting. What else you got? Um, my favorite part of the show was the end credits. Okay, that's we got that. When asked what I wanted to do when I grew up, I reply with total sincerity and to my mother's utter mortification that I someday hope to live in a trash can. But a cat's got to make a living. I spent one afternoon cutting a huge piece of cardboard into a big circle, then carefully painting it into different colored segments before nailing my art project to the door of our garden shed. It was only later that afternoon after my friends had all gone home and I returned indoors laden with candy and toys plus a pocket full of pennies that my parents realized to their horror that, following Top Cat's example, I'd made a spin the wheel and fleeced my little pals of everything they had. I genuinely could not understand the reaction of my mother who remained impervious to my squeals of, I run a square game. I'm telling you, it's honest. (laughs) Thus followed a Halloween in reverse trip around the neighborhood, which saw me grudgingly return my hard-earned booty. My pals were expressly forbidden by their parents to ever enter our garden again. Well, guys, with that shameful stroll down Felony Lane, I'll let you get on with the show. Regards, Rob Eagle. I mean, I think this, uh, it's nice to hear from Rob Eagle. I think this paints a, a pretty vivid picture of, uh, it's filling in some holes on the, uh, the mystery that was Robert Eagle mm-hmm. and, uh, what that's all about. So, so I guess the point is that cartoons were promoting gambling. Yeah. And they shut it down. Just, just like, I don't know, Jared. Sounds like a, a bad day, mm-hmm. bad time for everyone. I mean, uh, bad, bad stuff. but hey, you know what, Rob? I think one day you're going to live in that trash can after all, and you'll prove your mom wrong. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. I'm rooting for you, buddy. You get in that trash. Get digging through the garbage. That's right. Get digging through the garbage. Next up, Justin yeah. Peterson. Oh, baby. Email entitled, Maybe I am just not cut out for this coaching thing. Ooh. 
Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? So, Creeps, I am almost done being the head coach of a T-ball team for the first and final time. It has been a rocky season for sure, but things really hit the fan when we had to forfeit last night as a result of an umpire blowing a call on our opinion, and then half our parents left when the ump ended up swearing at one of our coaches when she went to address the issue with him. Ooh, Damn. Since you guys are both educators, and what have been uh, and what have been some awkward experiences you have had with students, parents, or fellow teachers, when I think of RJ teaching, I picture Jack Black from School of Rock. <laughs> well, I I've never I've never said what my profession is, and uh, I believe certain professional code of conducts would probably encourage me not to. So. But I, if if I, I if, 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 if there were a character that of a friend of a show, yeah, yeah, named uh, named Robert, Robert Bellagio or whatever, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, what I do, what I do for my job is uh, irrelevant. But let's just say I have talked to kids before, kids that. Uh, weren't uh doing the best things that they needed to and i you know i my go-to is just uh telling kids to grow up it's like grow up mm-hmm. be better that's it that's the only way to uh, change uh, a person's behavior it's the only thing that works and uh i'm sticking with it so growing up being better i would have told the ump to grow up too if i if i was in a sports situation and an umpire was being a little bit weird i would have said hey ump grow up be better what about you, Jarrett? Oh, man. What about your dealings with kids? What about the Yu-Gi-Oh kids in the back? You have to deal with those guys sometimes, no? Well, that's where uh, the uh, the fist fights start. With the little kids? Or are these full-grown men? These are these are men. They're, they're, not, they're not little kids anymore. That one was born. Eh, one was still a minor. The other guy, he definitely should have known better. Did he's they even... start as little kids? No. Not, not, not since we've known them. Hmm. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh oh. jeez. I mean, it's usually it's the tears. It's the tears of these kids sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like little kids. I'm talking like university age kids. Do you see a lot of university kids cry or what's going I on? I have. And it's it doesn't really get any easier when you see it. It's kind of like Ooh. Did you were you the one that made them cry though? No. I I usually stumble across it where hmm. you're just like walking into a moment and you go, "Oh, Uncontrollable sobbing, um, stress sobbing. I don't know. What kind of sobbing do you specialize in? <laughs> um, at work, in general, <laughs> just just blood, blood tears. That's your professional sobbing yeah. approach is blood. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. And what gets you going? What gets me going? I have to unpack yeah. that one. Well, well, what makes you cry more than anything else? Um, doing this podcast, RJ. Really? Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not fun for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It stopped being fun a long time ago. I don't know if it was ever fun, to be honest. But. Uh, goat movie question of the week, Jack Black, um, RJ. Um, what yep. are your favorite movies that take place in a school setting? I remember that Dead Poets Society being pretty good, and as a fraternity man in college, I of course enjoyed Animal House and the lesser known Going Greek. I think 
I know going Greek, but I couldn't speak to it. It's very familiar. Uh, I don't even know if I have any. What about School of Rock with Jack Black? There you go. Well, Jared, you know me pretty well. Do you think I give off a School of Rock uh, pers- like uh, mentality? Mm. Jack Black? <sighs> Jason Siegel? <sighs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Robin mm. Williams? Ar- Armin Shimmerman as uh, the principal? In uh, in what feature? In Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series. Oh, that's true. That's true. No. I'd say I'm more of a John Lovitz guy, like in high school high. Do you remember that movie, Jared? That's a good in-school movie. Movies about education. Let's take a look. I've always been a fan of uh, School Ties with Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, uh, that other guy. You know that movie, right? Man. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't know it. I don't know. Fucking, I don't know anything. This is, uh, this is, I don't know. It's kind of startling how uh, much I don't really watch movies about school. I'm on this teen horror, a.k.a. crazy shit happens at school, high schools, 20-somethings, colleges. This list has a few films in here. What about Prom Night 2? <laughs> Hello, Mary Lou. That doesn't count. That's that doesn't about, count? That, no. Let's go. That's, that's beautiful imagery and like weird uh, horses. Takes place in a school, though. Nah. And no. Teaching no. Mrs. Tingle? No. Swim fan? How about Rodney Dangerfield and Back to School? That's a good one. What about, sis, what about Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit? Well, yeah. And Sister Act 1, for, the, for that matter, as well. You didn't see that one coming, did you? What a twist. What a twist. What about, I see more as a half Nelson kind of guy. I've never seen half Nelson. Mm-hmm. I heard it was okay, but I've never seen half Nelson, so I can't speak to it. Yeah, that movie is uh, pretty average. Yeah, that sounds about right. What about uh, The Substitute, Jarrett? I know you're a big Tom Berenger fan. Yeah, that's not bad. How about Kindergarten Cop? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I do like that one. See, it's weird. You got to. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, for as far as like a, a Criterion movie off the top of my head, I wrote Asphalt Jungle. Uh, <laughs> or sorry, no, Black, not Asphalt Jungle, uh, Blackboard Jungle. Blackboard Jungle? Yeah. Asphalt Jungle is a movie too, isn't it? It is also a movie. Yeah. But also uh, Blackboard Jungle. I haven't seen it and I don't plan to. Well, one, Either of them. one day. Actually, you will mm-hmm. definitely have to watch uh, Asphalt Jungle because I do think that's been criterionized. I doubt it. What about Rushmore, Jarrett? Aren't you a big Rushmore guy? I mean, again, I guess that is set in a school. I mean, and it's I guess, I mean, I guess that's what he does. It takes place in a school setting. Sure, Rushmore. Yeah. Top, yep. That's tops. And I mean, there, I think you do need to distinguish between sports movies because sport, sports school movies are different big, I think, because that's more about the sports than the school. Yeah, in my I mind, think. I was thinking about movies about teaching, but... Uh, what about, yeah, what about, well, yeah, what about radio? Movies. That's a movie about teaching. Life lessons? Yeah, essentially. Okay. In a way. Foodie uh, question of the week. Does Suspiria count? Sure. It's ballet school. It's a dance school. Yeah. Uh, Black Coat's Daughter, that takes place in a school. Yeah. Uh, Battle Royale, that takes place in a school, Jarrett. Well, no. It takes place on an Briefly. island. 
in flashbacks. Yeah, there's a there's a scene in the classroom. Yeah, Carrie takes place in a school. That's all I got. Cool. Forty question of the week. Yes. Are the liquor stores in Canada just like the ones in the states? When I was in Sweden, you could only buy stronger beer in a liquor store, and they had very limited hours to try and cut down alcoholism. So, mm. what do you norm? Well, what do you normally go for when you are going past the beer and liquor sections? Ooh, I know you're a big uh, liquor boy. Why don't you tell me what you're what you go um, for? Justin continues. I pretty much like it all, but booze is the one area where I'm a little more frugal. I typically go for that bottle of Evan Williams whiskey. Or Yuling Yungling beer? Youngling? Youngling beer? That sounds illegal. Do you ever ch- uh, change things up when you're having a cold one with Du Bois and spring Ooh. for one of those ciders? Uh, I've dabbled from time to time. What about you? I don't know, RJ. This is your uh, this is your expertise. I feel. Well, Jarrett doesn't drink. I should uh, I should just put that out there i i saw him drink one time in the many years that i've known him only once yeah and he didn't finish that one drink you had so i think i even finished it for you because as stephen king would say finish it mm-hmm. don't let it sit there yeah finish every drop um i usually just like beer because i can i know exactly how to gauge myself on it i know how many how i'm gonna feel after a certain amount Nothing crazy happens. Sometimes when you're dabbling in that hard liquor, sometimes you think you're on pace for something and then it can t- totally turn on you. Uh, that said, when I do drink the hard stuff, uh, I-, I like bourbon. Mm-hmm. Just bourbon. I don't mix it with anything. Just a, just a nice bourbon. Sometimes I'll put some bitters in there, but uh, that's about it. And then uh, cold ones with the boys. I mean, whatever's cold is going to get drank when you with the boys. So if you got some uh, ciders, you got some teas, you got some seltzers, you got some uh, natty ices, um, and... Uh... What's that? You ever heard of a natter day? Mm, no. It's a natty ice beer, but it's like a, it's kind of like a lemonade beer, like a, like a strawberry lemonade kind of thing. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's very cheap. Like, it's it's low-quality alcohol. But uh goes down smooth all the same. So yeah, as far as the Canada liquor stores v mm. United States, um ours are pretty different. Yeah, I mean in the US you can go uh to a convenience store and get beer. Mm-hmm. Um in Canada, you have to actually go to a liquor store. Yes. Yeah, we do not sell uh liquors at the gas stations or the grocery stores <laughs> it, it, it seems it seems like a good idea but yeah yeah i mean it's it's convenient when i'm in the states but to be honest i think it is probably better that we don't that we just have dis like designated liquor stores here that are their own thing but you can um you can start buying booze at 18 yes we have that we got that going for us which it's, is nice it's ridiculous because in the states was is it like the arbitrary twenty one, some yeah. states, or is that all across yeah. the board? No, that's I'm pretty sure that's all states. Like there's a couple provinces that are nineteen for drinking ages, but uh, that's just the weird ones, right? <laughs> like I think Quebec is nineteen. Oh, I don't know about that. Or is it the? Uh, there's like one or two provinces. Uh, provinces drinking age <laughs> very important. Well, most of them are 18, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple that are 19. 
19 BC, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and Labrador, uh, Northwest Territories, Nova Scotia, none of it, Ontario, PEI, Saskatchewan, and Yukon. So that's almost all of them. The only places it's 18 <laughs> are Alberta. And in Quebec? Quebec. Uh, and Manitoba. Oh, yeah. So it's 19 <laughs> everywhere except for here. <laughs> Well, it's because we got to have those cold ones in the park, Jarrett. You can't be waiting until 19 for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew, uh, knew uh, Quebec would not be uh, amongst the uh, 19 crowd. The 19ers? No. Well, I, I just, I didn't realize that uh, it was the opposite. I thought there was just a couple that were 19, but. Uh, well, because like in s- some places, like they also have like a grade 13 too, don't they? Grade thirteen? Yeah, I think like on, I don't know. I can't remember. Like Ontario's got like a, more of a like have an extra grade or some shit. I mean, I think that's just being a super senior. Like if you don't get all your credits in grade twelve, you just got to come back. That's grade mm, thirteen. Okay, I don't know. I, all I, I all I know is what I know. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Exactly. I, I mean, eighteen's good uh, age. I think uh, one thing, we, we got that legal cannabis up here. That should have been, uh, the age should have been up on that. That should have been like 25. On what? Cannabis. Cannabis. Yeah, the age to buy that should have been like 25 for people, not 18. Mar- marijuana? Yes. yes. I was a part of some studies that showed that, you know, before then your brain's still developing. It buggers up your brain, but alcohol does the same thing too. So mm-hmm. just don't do anything. Be Jarrett. Yeah. Stay up till four AM not drinking. Painting painting mini figs. Painting minis and doing whatever else you do mm-hmm. over there. Oh all sorts of shit. Yes. Game, game, game talk. Apple cider yeah. is good, by the way. Just normal apple cider? Well, like uh, al- alcoholic uh cider. Yeah. Very, yeah, good. C- Very c- good. Ciders aren't bad. Ciders, shandies, uh <sighs> Seltzer th- drinks aren't bad. You might like a seltzer. How, how do you like Guinness, RJ? Uh, I don't mind it from time to time. I can't put down a whole whole pile of them because they're mm-hmm. pretty thick. Mm-hmm. It's the same with that. Like I'll, I'll have a Guinness and uh, and then I'll probably switch to something else. But I used to like IPAs a lot. Now I don't like them anymore because mm. it's too much work to drink those. I got you. I just want something smooth and easy. Game, game, game talk. So apparently, Mario Odyssey speedrunning is a popular thing amongst the kiddos these days, and my okay. son is really into it, despite my attempts to get him to play Zelda more. So mm-hmm. what are some of your fondest Nintendo memories? Zelda Ocarina of Time was the first one of those games I beat, and I remember my mind being blown when I finally figured out how to see the Bongo Bongo boss. Or how about that first time discovering those star levels in Super Mario World? Ooh. What about you, Jerry? You're a Nintendo kid in heart. Ma- kind of. Mario. Just Mario? Uh, Nintendo memories. Hmm. I don't know. You go ahead, RJ. Well, I'm I'm a Donkey Kong's man myself, man. Okay. That's where I, I put down most of my time. I mean, uh, I think... Uh, the biggest thing for me that uh, I really worked hard at was finding all of the secrets and things like that. And then uh, really showing that off when the new people came over and be like, did you know that if you fall down here and they say, oh, you're going to die? And you say, no, no, my friend, it's a secret that only I know about. Mm-hmm. So I, I always had a lot of fun doing stuff like that, like specific memories. I don't know. I had a lot of good nights uh, with friend of the show, Ryan Nagel and uh, my other buddy, Taylor, just staying up late 
playing things like Shadow of the Empire, you know, just really getting into it, man. Mm-hmm. Really Mi- getting in there. Mixing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Uh, do, do you, what do you know about speed running? You... Mm, see, I'm not a fan of speed running, to be honest. I... <sighs> In my, I can do the fastest speed run in the world, Jared. I can turn the console on and then I can turn it off and I can just say, I'm, I'm done. And I know you're going to say, well, no, that's not the point. It's, like, it's they pretty actually meta. Get the, they get to the end of the game, but it's like, but I feel like you don't enjoy it or anything like that, you know? It'd be like watching a movie entirely in fast forward, which I've done before, but uh, I'll still vlog it. But I know I, I didn't really watch that thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean, Jared? Mm-hmm. He doesn't get it. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I have zero interest in being a speedrunner, but I mean, it is like kind of a peculiar sport because yeah, there's yeah. so many sports that exist simultaneously of a particular game and skills aren't necessarily translatable over to one another, even though it's like you're playing, you know, Mario games um, from, you know, five different, six different games. They all play completely differently. So you have to relearn and uh, grind it out till you figure out every iteration, every little thing, how it plays differently. And then someone comes along and they just like blow everybody away and, and nothing's the same ever again, but everybody just copies that person's technique until someone else finds a new technique. And you go, what is this? <laughs> what, what, are, what, are, what are you all about here? What's going on? Well, I mean, that's kind of like a one off of what I said. Like, I like doing all the secret stuff in Donkey Kong, but it wasn't like, um, to get through faster like there i've i've played through mario a few times where like i've done some warp whistles and moved ahead a little bit but i i've done the whole thing before too so you know sometimes you play around like that but mm-hmm. i don't know i just uh i'm kind of with you like i i can see why people do it and all that stuff and it's like if you're into that that's cool whatever but um i'm i don't see the appeal to it myself but uh it's because i'm old and slow and i like to do things the long way and sleep for 12 hours Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I really like to make things count. What's, what's the best Mario game? What's the best Mario game? Yeah. Super Mario Bros. 3. Okay. It would be my... That's. I mean, that's the one I put the, down the most time for. I know a lot of people just say Super Mario World. Or, uh, yeah. But I'm a, I'm a 3 min. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're going to say something crazy like n- number 2. Why, why, sure. why would that be crazy? That game is gorgeous. Even It's not really a Mario game, but it, no. is, it is amazing. It's a pretty wicked game. Yeah, it's not a bad game. It's just the... Uh, not, not, not even the black sheep, but it's the one people usually have issues with. Issues with? Really? Well, I mean, that ending, Jarrett. That ending. That ending. You know that ending? No. It was all a dream. Oh. Well, who cares? Most video games are have horrendously bad endings. Yeah, I know. They walk back home. <laughs> That's the end of Super Mario World, if you want to strip it down. But it's got that sweet music. Maybe um, they take a cloud. They jump. He jumps on Bowser's head till Bowser dies, and then yeah. they walk back. And you're like, wow, what a powerful ending. It's, it's video game it's endings. They're, well, how else are you going to do it? You, you want to see what's the ending going to be. And it's like, well... It ends and it says, thanks. Here's the people who worked on this game. Mm. I mean, that's one way to do it. No. Surely. 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 Well, Creeps, I look forward to hearing you guys talk about Bunuel movie uh, that appears to have a, have a ball sack on the cover. 
<laughs> Thanks for the time. Something. Have a great show. Cheers. Thanks, JP. It's not. I think it's a butt on the cover. I I figured. I saw a butt too. But ha- I only know that having seen the film because there is a butt in the film. There's a bum. Uh, yeah, it's on display quite well. Check out our Instagram for more. Check it out. You'll see. Next up, Sam Sanchez. Oh my God. No subject. Hello again, guys. First off, I would like to apologize to the great Sam number one and not following him back until recently on Letterboxd. Yeah. I actually had no idea he had already followed me, and I noticed him, I believe, uh, leave a comment on an RJ review, open up his uh, his profile to follow him and notice he had a follows you next to his name. My apologies. Well, I'm I'm glad that Sam's rectifying one thing, but I still want to know what he plans to do about these rival podcasts. I'm not sure if you recently received an email about academic books or whatnot, since all I did is leave myself a note saying books, and I have a horrible memory, but not an academic book. But I wanted to inquire about Danny Perry books and if they were big for you at all in your early years getting into film. I honestly Mm -hmm. had never heard of Danny Perry up until like four years ago or so, but now I hear nonstop how influential his cult movies books were for so many podcasters or people on Letterboxd. It kind of surprises me that I had never heard of his books considering how deep I dove into lists and books when I was first getting into film and the movies that appear in his books aren't far off from what became my taste. I'm trying to recall if he's ever been uh, brought up... uh, and again, my memory sucks. Yes, he has been, Sam Sanchez. I have talked about Danny Perry. Have you? I don't remember this. Well, I I even use uh, Danny, or I use Danny Perry uh, as a tag on Letterboxd for the movies that appear in his one of his three cult movies lists. No, you books. did not. I have for, for years now. I don't believe it for a minute. Believe it, buddy. I don't believe it for a minute. And I have brought it up on the pod, uh, de- definitely at some point. Maybe not. This for is the first time hearing of it. Okay, so no, no one listens. No one listens. Mm, well, I mean, you know me. I don't know what. If you asked me in ten minutes what we were just talking about, I'd say I don't fucking know. I don't remember. No. I'm in the moment, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't take it with me. But, uh, yeah, you'll have to speak uh, to this if you want to add anything else because I have no idea who this person is. Well, I mean, I think it's going to really float Sam's boat because Danny Perry, I think, pretty well, he he was into movies and then he abandoned it all and just writes baseball books. Ooh, what kind, like fictional baseball books or like historical? I I think historical because he was like a sports journalist, I think, ultimately is what he settled into doing. Uh, not doing the movie business, so he did lots of uh, lots of baseball stuff, and like yeah, for his prevalence in like importance, like his stuff was just in uh, public libraries, I think. Mm-hmm. So I mean, unless you were looking for cult movie lists or in the movie section at your public library, and or if you maybe didn't have a public library that had these types of books, which would be a bummer. But even old Creepsville had like the volume one and two. What at our library? Yeah. Lethbridge Public Library. Oh, I don't go there. People I, put boogers into used books. Yeah, don't oh you know boy. That? Yeah, you should tell the people out there about how you feel about books. Uh, I don't like books that people put boogers in. I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it, my friend. Every used book I've ever had, I've opened up, and there's a booger just smashed in between the pages. Yeah. So I so, said no more. What an elitist you are. What, do you enjoy having other people's boogers rubbed in your face? It doesn't happen that way. 
It, that's that's how, what it feels like to me. <laughs> feels like. Well, that's what it feels like when I open a book and there's just a big fat bogue hanging out in there. Well, don't put your face in the page. But it's there though. It just it bothers me. Yeah. It per it, it so you're fine. So through the page. You're, you're, you have a problem with the bookers, but you're fine with the the hairs. I'm not a fan of anything that I find. So what, what, if, what if someone's using a hair as like a bookmark? What kind of maniac is using a hair as a bookmark? Answer me that. Uh, well, is that something you do? Well, I'm just I saying, find I'm, that I'm, is super upsetting. I'm just asking. I ask questions. Very, very troubling. No, I don't like anything that weird people put in books. You ever seen blood in a book? Fuck, that's gross. You go, where'd this blood come how, how from? How would you even know if it was blood? Maybe it's just uh, raspberry jam. Well, I'm not tasting it. I'll tell you that much. No. That's how bad stuff it's happens. Because it would have that like brown, rusty color. Yeah. It would be red. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a brown. Yeah, and you know it's well, bad it could be a different. Color. It could be, kids, like, it could be a different. Nose and bleed in the books. So like, <laughs> like when what? I was in school, what? I, what I saw were... other kids do that stuff. What were you doing over there? I was watching. I was saying, is this fucking guy picking his you, nose and getting blood like, in the book? Were you like beating up kids and like? No, their I didn't. In books. It sounded like you might have been. I was sitting across the table from this kid, and I saw him pick his nose, and then his nose mm-hmm. bled, and it went into his book. And I said, "I'm never checking that book out." I'll tell yeah. you that much. <laughs> That's so, all I know. So you only bought, you got your, uh, your your parents to buy you fresh prime books. Well, I mean, I would do Scholastic Book Fair if that yeah. counts. Oh man, that's like that's like Booger Factory right Central right there. Scholastic. No, you fill out. You would go see the books you thought were cool, and then you'd fill out the order, send it in, and then they'd send you a copy. You no, know, you'd have to come pick them up, didn't you? They they give you a little plastic bag that's no, man. Up. Ours were delivered to our school. Yeah, yeah, but how did they get from to from the school? They delivered them to the school, but you didn't from have where? to come pick them up from the who? From who? I don't know. Some guy at the school had them. Yeah, you just what, fill what, it out, what, what and then Scholastic what, yeah. goes into their warehouse yeah. like Amazon. Yeah, takes it off the shelf and then sends it over. Yeah, and then what? What happens in between this guy receiving it and then you getting your book? I mean, I don't think anything. I don't think uh, that, that man was probably reading a Captain Underpants book and slapping boogers in it. That's exactly what he he was doing. His name was Dennis. Uh, I don't know. Here. I find that a little questionable. Just everything about this has been questionable. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Last time I wrote in, Sam continues, RJ asked if my smell has returned since getting vaxxed up. And honestly, it's still probably too early to tell. There have been instances where I feel like I can smell a scent either stronger than I have recently or a smell I feel I hadn't smelled in a while. But then I feel like I'm tricking myself into believing that. I didn't write in last week because I felt a little under the weather. Yeah, non-COVID illnesses still exist, but it was just a sore throat with an annoying cough, but all is fine now. That's mm. it for now. I need to kick it up a notch with those Fred Olin Ray titles sitting at, I believe, yes. five watch so far. If you guys ever fall late a month and can't make it in May, would an Albert Pyongyun be up for consideration? Uh, well, I, guess, I mean, I'd say never say never. I would. You would say never. It's gotta be May. Oh it's man, gotta be May? Albert, Albert Pyun's pretty good though. I mean, he's, well, May he's just got a works. Whole, he's got a lot of crap. 
It just works time time wise for us because it's six months to October, yeah. right? Well, just a little bit over. I mean, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Actually, I think April is technically six months to October, but yeah, April would be the sweet spot. But uh, it's worked out. This the way. Yeah. That, this is our lot in life. No one, no one has anything going on in May. No, there's no uh, major holidays or anything. There's May long weekend, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. That's so. right. Well, uh, it's uh, good to hear from Sam. You know, uh, I got to tell him uh, my uh, my smells. I think me and him are pretty much the same. Like um, nothing yet. Maybe after I get my second one, maybe a little bit later. But uh, I saw an article today that uh, recovered COVID people are having higher incidences of erectile dysfunction. Uh-oh. So uh, Sam can write in and let us know about that one. <laughs> tell us about your penis, Sam. RJ, well, I, tell us about your penis, too, if you don't mind. I don't have one. Oh, I see. You solved fell that. Fell off. Yeah. No, I just fell off. Damn, co- damn COVID. I don't know. I think it's somewhere in the other room. I, I don't know. It's, no. it's just gone, dude. It's living its own life. Yeah. Yeah, we have separate lives. Whatever. Hanging out on the cover of Criterion movies. I, I, I was going to try to say a word, and it didn't come out. So. Hey, Sam Sanchez, you didn't mention that you got your uh, Vinegar Syndrome April package of sorts. I, I saw him watching some Vinegar Syndrome entries. I'm glad to see because I, for the very first time, purchased the April package. I got them all. They all got shipped to me. Did they sit in a box? Yes. Will I watch them? Eventually. But I got them. I, don't really, I got that Winter Beast. Is that a good one? It's, it's okay. I like it. it. It's just okay? Yeah. What about Summer Beast? Um, I don't like them. What about Spring Grump? <laughs> well, wouldn't it just be Spring Beast? Fall Beast? No, Spring and Fall are lesser than Beasts. They're like Grumpuses or Grumpuses. like minor, minor menaces. Mm. So many words. Okay. Kind yeah. of ink more inconveniences. Maybe. Okay. Potentially. Finally. Finally. Sam Loveland. Holy shit. The new mail entitled MM. <laughs> mm-hmm. Creeps. Think I should clarify because this is sort of blowing up in my face. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, uh... It's okay, Sam. No one, no one was out to get you. Okay. No one was out to get you, buddy. Everything about this just makes me laugh. I think honestly, it's my, it's my laughter, and uh, yeah, that encourages it. Okay, probably. <clears throat> probably. I think I should clarify because this is sort of blowing up in my face. I never, I never dug through garbage cans. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. You needed you needed to be more more clear, my friend. God, I never I, I never dug through garbage cans for food. It was more like I see a mostly intact piece of cake sitting on top of a pile of plate. Oh my god, I can't do this. I am. It's so uh, it's so stupid. I've never uh, seen you laugh like this. This is something completely uh, unique. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, Send okay. it to me. I'll read it. No, okay. okay. I, I, I can do this. I can do this. It's only okay. ones, It's only like two sentences. I mm-hmm. uh, think I should clarify because it's sort of blowing up in my face. 
I never dug through garbage cans for food. <laughs> it was... <laughs> God, uh, it was more like I'd see a mostly intact piece of cake sitting on top of the pile on a plate and grab a piece of it. Still pretty good, but not as bad as what people might think. Oh yeah, no, it's fine, Sam. It's fine. It's fine. You just saw me the top of the garbage can and ate so It's fine. You didn't dig through it. It's okay. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I. This is the this is the the this is the revitalizing life that this podcast is, has needed. Is brought back so much more joy into Jared. Uh, Something I haven't good. seen in a long, long time. Um, mm. I I think Sam might be too. I don't know if he's too young to have to be familiar with the Seinfeld episode mm-hmm. with George, but uh, I mean that that is essentially the exact same situation. Right. You know, it's uh, it was just sitting on top of the garbage when it's like, yes, potentially, potentially. I'm glad he cleared things up, though. Oh, if absolutely. It's, yeah. Now it's fine. Yeah, everything's good now. Yeah. Secondly, I was not trying to be passive aggressive to Sam Sanchez. I was genuinely trying to shout him out. I should I should just stop mentioning him in any correspondence because it seems like all I'm capable of doing is accidentally or jokingly insulting him. No more. Wow. So now so now he's just dead to you. That's great. There's been some major developments in the uh, the stories of the Sams in this episode. Yeah. Like a lot is going on. It's like a turf war. It's something. No. It's something. It's getting bad. Third, I have a question. Do you want to believe in auteur theory, i.e. the idea that the director of a movie is that movie's author and that you have to examine the work of a director as a whole and as it relates to their broader artistic vision? I would say I probably don't subscribe to it just because film is an inherently collaborative medium and that a film has many different people with different artistic visions and contributions that they bring to the table. While it's true that this is typically the way people already talk and think about movies, I wonder if there's a better framework. Interested as always in your thoughts. Thanks, Sam Slam Love Machine Loveland. Man, I gotta say, I, I do I do like his uh, his bluntness in that he wasn't being a passive-aggressive. He's full-on. Uh, and <laughs> Aggressive. Just full on aggressive. I think Sam uh, Slam Loveland uh, is gonna got to be the guy we send after other people now because I think this is he's got that kind of energy that we really need to go after people. Um, in terms of auteur, art isn't real. That's well established, so n- none of it matters. But uh, I do actually kind of agree with the the sentiment that uh, that's it's a it's a group effort. So yeah, it is kind of bullshit if you just lay it on one guy, like. I mean, one person can make a movie better, but it's like all those people doing other stuff, they count too. The gaffer, what would they do without a gaffer? Bill? Yeah, Bill the gaffer. That movie wouldn't be made, man. No fucking chance. You think uh, you think uh, Denny Villeneuve is going to go hang up the lights himself? No fucking way. Fuck, does, does he even know how to plug a light in? I doubt it. Does Dude can't even make a movie. <laughs> So, yeah, that's my stance. I don't know about you. Well, I don't know. It all depends. Each, each, each director is going to be a different entity. Uh, 
you you watch eighteen Fred Olin May movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you learn a thing or two about movie making. You, yes. you start appreciating what others do, what others make look easy. Are you saying that uh, you you now see how good Fred Olin Ray is because of how much he actually puts into his movies? All I'll say is I was watching um, a little movie last night called Beverly Hills Vamp. It's a good show. Indeed. And what did you think of this film? Um, Other than that, it's a good show. It, it'll be discussed in a few weeks. Okay. Now, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. I watched that one pretty early, and I think it was on a Saturday where I had a couple cold ones with the boys. So I remember liking it, but maybe we'll we'll, we'll discuss that uh, when the time comes. Indeed. At a later date. At a later date. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, people, sometimes, it's all the <sighs> directors bring in people. They bring in the individuals. They bring in their squad to help uh, help realize fully their vision. Some people are very good at it. Other people are maybe less good at it. And the, yes. and the results show. Sometimes they got that screenwriter that they're just uh, firing all cylinders. You think about all these movies that get made all the time, and it's a, it's a constant fuck-up. They, mm-hmm. they never get it quite right. Um, you get, like, really well-made movies uh, from a distance. You know, like your typical, say, you know, A24 fair. Remember when people talked about A24? Uh, there's a few people who still do. Still do. Yeah. Uh, remember, that was, like, a big deal, but then everyone stopped going to movies because of a pandemic. Well, and we don't really need to go to movies. Movies don't matter anymore, right? Yeah. Well, not re- not really. But like, the, the, it's you, you get a one-off. A lot of the time, some of these movies are made by directors, and that's it. That's all they ever make. And other times, they make a handful of movies. Slow, mm. ro- slow roasted cinema. What kind of cinema? And then they bring in there, you know, let's get Roger Deakins in on this bad boy. Ooh, the Deke. I mean, that's that's just a way to make a. Let's uh, get a uh, Taylor Sheridan to get this uh, screenplay under under control. Give people what, give give people what they want. Taylor Sheridan's the John Levitt's version of acting. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Acting, but, but, but you, bring, you, you, you bring all the pieces together. Yeah, you could. So, you could also uh, not. But I mean, you. I mean, I think that is like how these movies are made. Like the the, the big ones. You're you're you got yeah. your the guys we talk about. We all love you know your David Lynch's, your Paul Thomas Anderson's. They're, Colin Bunn? Call Colin Bunn. Everyone loves his movies, RJ. Yeah, he's big he's big up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comics have the same idea. Like there's these different p- periods where people are all about the writing is paramount yeah. and other people are like I don't give a fuck about who writes these things. I want that art. I want Jim Lee pockets. What about uh some uh some spawn? I want some spawny guy. I want Yeah. I want hamburger face spawn action figures. I want Malvogia. Yeah. I want yeah. I want Angela with no panties. That's what Excuse that's what me? that's what people want. They want that's... they want variant action figures and they go Tom McFarlane. He's the visionary. He makes it happen. The best the best drawn spawn comics, not drawn by him, not written by him at all. All Greg Capullo. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. No one told me. No one told you. A lot of people think that Tom McFarlane is Greg Capullo, and then they go. It gets pointed out. It's like, nah, this is what Greg. This is what Tom McFarlane draws like, and this is what uh, 
people who draw like Tom McFarlane who are better draw like it. They go, oh, damn, I never liked Tom McFarlane ever. It's like, yeah, he had a time and place. I like Todd McFarlane. He's fine. He's a he's a, he's the auteur though. <laughs> no, well, he's not. He's not. Um, it's weird be. because yeah, authorship. <laughs> yes, it's a good way well, to sell things. It's like it's like horror genres. I mean, I go through phases where I'll watch every movie by a director. It's a it's a pretty good way of watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, the other thread you can also find is like, hey, I like all these movies produced by the same person. Generally, you start watching the movies that are produced by a, a particular talent in a different period of time, or you follow uh, a screenwriter or actor. There's lots of ways to watch movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, just do whatever you feel like, right? As long as it's legal. YOLO. YOLO. As long as it's legal. FOMO. FOMO. As long as it's legal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> thank you all for the emails. Yes, thank you to all of our friends. Yeah, for the blood tears. And, um... Anything else that you uh, accomplished while you were here? RJ. Yes. What you been creeping on this week? Do you have anything that you would like to talk about? Well, you know, in between all this Fred Olin Ray business, um, I was able to, uh, because of the kindness of a stranger, watch myself Star Trek Generations. Wow. The, The baton passed between... One generation of Star Trek actor to the next generation of actors. Is that why it's called Generations? Uh, it's yeah, it's why it's called Star Trek Baton. <laughs> oh, so, uh, very. Uh, no one really understood that reference till now. I'm here to explain I, it. I understand. No. I understand. No. Keep them coming. Yeah, it's been a while since I'd seen this movie, RJ. Uh, and it's, how did it fare this time? Um, well. <clears throat> I've never been a fan of this movie exactly. When I, even when I was a kid, when I saw this in like what 1994 in theater, you went, "This is boring." Uh, no, I was like, I I, I like Star Trek up to that point. Yeah, I was like, I was down with the Trek. Really, I was with it, but uh, uh, yeah, the movie left something to be desired. You know, being like a big fan of the Shatman of Shatner of Kirk specifically, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Being like, this is going to be the greatest fucking movie ever made. And was it? No, it wasn't. It's not at all. It's kind of a mess. There's so much that is there not to do for, like, Riker. Like, Riker doesn't do anything in this movie. He crashes the fucking saucer section. Good job, Yeah, he's he's not great. I mean, he does some bad stuff. He's too focused on the ladies. No, he's not. He doesn't even get to do that. Not even that. In this um, one? Gates, Gates, McFadden does almost nothing other than get shoved into the water by Data. Uh, I mean, Gate, Gates McFadden doesn't usually do much, anyways. No. Um, yeah. Deanna Troy, like, goes and talks to Picard about his dead brother and nephew who died in a fire. The ones that we we had just gotten familiar with that we were all rooting for. Yeah, that for that one episode right after uh, Best of Both Worlds, that has, hasn't been brought up once since. 
Nah, they they realized it wasn't it didn't play as well as they thought it would, and they they gave up. And so like, well, man, Picard's a real mess. And you're kind of like, hmm. Would anyone watching this movie without seeing those like the TV show in that episode, which would have aired like what? When did the fourth season start? Like 1991. Oh, remember that episode? Remember that episode from uh, three years ago? And, and whenever you watch this movie, yeah, oh yeah, they're dead. Like, I, hey, when I watched this in the theater, I I had no idea. Like, I I didn't remember what they were talking about in, in his photo album. <laughs> Like in oh oh I see what you mean yeah well that's the issue with I mean uh, I, having just watched the show all the way through I remember I it, I got it more and it's it worked way better I guess in some ways but yeah at the same time I don't know that and like the uh, the giant uh, uh, emotion ship that Data mm-hmm. then finally takes on so he can be the the quipster it's, it's all worth it at so, the end so though he's gonna go oh shit it's all worth it for that reunion with Spot. Yep. I'm happy, yet I am crying. Hey, we're all crying. Mm-hmm. We're all crying. So it made a little bit more sense now that you had just watched it. I could I, see why it would be weird if you just jumped into it cold. But... Well, it, especially if you're watching Star Trek episodic, but it's a, yeah. more, it's a little bit, slightly more satisfying, slightly, but not very much. It's still not great. It's still not a very good movie. Uh, it's no, even, it's... even even with the uh, old Guinan. Uh, just showing up and like this whole explanation. It, it seems to be like that whole race that they belong to her and Malcolm McDowell and uh, McDowell and uh, what's his name? Uh, the vampire from Fright Night. Malcolm McDowell? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've never actually seen the original Fright Night. I've just seen bits and pieces of it. Are you shitting me? I'm not. I'm what not. the fuck? And I realize I've never told you that before, but what? it's true. I've, I've just seen parts of that movie. I've never actually... What? And even that was probably 15 years ago. Jesus Christ. I don't Chris, know if I even have any uh, logged as watched on, uh, <laughs> on Letterboxd. Let me see. You keep doing your thing. Chris Sarandon, is, uh, he's part of the same race. I'm like, oh, are they, is this like where all the, the real actors, uh, I guess like with real careers, are they the ones who get to play this race of alien only? in Star Trek because I think there's only been three now I see who you're talking about Susan Sarandon yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah he's great yeah okay so I I've seen most of Fright Night I do have it logged I just haven't seen it in a very long time but uh yeah he he did he plays more than a couple characters throughout the show right more than a couple who Chris Sarandon he's just one just one? He just showed oh, up in you one. just mean he would fit into those well, roles? Well, he he's part of the alien race that Guinan okay. and uh, and um, gotcha. Dr. Soren are part of. They're like the one group of people who are like they live really long. They're humanoid, but they have like mm-hmm. some weird temporalness about them. They're like mm-hmm. superhumans, essentially, and they, but they got wiped out by the Borg. Okay. I, I do see what you But I'm, I'm just saying they're always played by like famous actors. Well, yeah, more, more famous I mean, than Star get... Trek actors. There no, there's well, yeah. no. What I'm saying is, Garrett Wang ain't going to be playing them anytime soon. Fuck, Garrett Wang's not going to be playing anything anytime soon, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So yeah, generations. Uh, I don't know if I sent you. There's a there's a clip in that where uh, Michael Dorn's stunt double he mm-hmm. does a bump so bad. Oh. It looked so brutal, this guy. Like when the saucer section hits the ground on the planet, mm-hmm. the the Michael Dorn's wharf guy, 
he does a fucking header off of the uh, from the front down to the ground, and he just goes up like he folds up like an accordion on this bump on his shoulder. Oh, it looks so bad. And then of course, um, when Picard goes into the rift or whatever, the ribbon, mm-hmm. the nexus. That's it. Yeah, the nexus. He decides him and Kirk join forces, and Kirk's like decides like, oh yeah, sure, I'll come back, help you a little, help you out a little bit. You know, I'm not doing anything else. Uh, riding this horse is too easy. I'm about challenges because I'm Captain Kirk. Hey, that's what—that's uh, exactly what Ellen DeGeneres said today when they announced that her show was ending. She said it's not a challenge anymore. Mm. So that—that's a—that must just be a notable out for people, right? So they come back, and so we the 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 saucer section still gets to crash into the ground because otherwise we wouldn't get a big action sequence with uh, Kirk and Malcolm McDowell, those two icons of. Uh, action choreography action? yeah well it's not just about how how tough and buff they are but they also they got abs dude oh yeah and they uh strap uh, a dummy to the railing and throw kirk down to his death i mean that's fine i'm fine with that yeah well actually no i think i i think in my review i, I was like what a bum deal for kirk because <laughs> he was like in like the literal heaven and then they they just take him out and he dies like off screen, basically. And you're just like, shit. And gets buried under some rocks on a planet he didn't even know existed. And you're just like, man, that's not how I uh, expected the uh, the first uh, the first son of uh, Star Trek to uh, go out. But okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well. But they did it. They fucking did it. Yeah. But other than that, um, yeah, I I started watching uh, Babylon Five, RJ. Uh yes you have and yay or nay so how far in are you of it I I am on disc five which suggests to me I'm about seventeen episodes in okay and <laughs> uh are you yay or nay it's a pretty rough start those first oh. those first four episodes I was. I was wondering, I was questioning myself. I'm like, is this, is this doable? There is yeah. still some, like, I think you're going to have a tough time with some of these types of characters. There, there's some, there's some shithouse dudes. There's some of these guys are real, oh, man, even, like by even 1994 TV standards, there's some real ham bones here. Um, but th- this will be years from now that I see this thing. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know if it'll be your thing, but um, the the good episodes are really good so far. Like already, like what we're reading like, in the first season, it's only it's a five year plan. Hence, Babylon Five. It's going to tell the whole story in five years, that, and uh, they're always told you're never going to be able to do it because the only successful science fiction shows have had Star Trek in the name, and um, mm. this this is like a nerd being like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. Yeah. There, there's definitely a. It definitely feels more focused than Deep Space Nine ever did. Like in, in the beginning, whereas Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. it felt like a very long time till it found its voice. But uh, yeah. I, I, I do wonder how much, um, they were kind of lifting from one another, like. Or Babylon 5 was just so rough around the edges, and then D-Space 9 looked at it and went, oh, we could do that same idea. I see, I see what you're saying. And Because, like, yeah, there is, like, the best things about D-Space 9, you know, your Gal Dukats, your mm-hmm. Garricks, um, 
that stuff is Bashir. <laughs> everyone's favorite. Oh boy. Oh fuck. The doctor on Babylon Five is just a charisma vacuum. Mm. This guy, some of the his line delivery and that his first appearance is unbelievably bad. Like you're just like, where did they find him? But that's like all all your principal actors, like your humans. I don't know what it was. It's them like trying to like get adjusted to this type of material. They yeah. they have a hard time. The main character. There are people who cannot watch the first season because they hate that guy's acting so much. And I I'm I'm not that I'm not I'm not that much of a hater of it. But there is shit there where you're just like did somebody? How's <laughs> it go? Is there a convention and nobody told me? Okay, patch me through. And, and you, you go, just go, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but but you have, like, the two diplomats. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, what is it? Gennad or whatever his name is and Londo. And they're awesome. Like, they're, like, they're definitely the best. Like, they are your, like, they're, it's like two Garricks. Uh, and, uh, Ooh, and, I like uh, that. And Wyun. Like, it's, like, that kind of quality. Because, actually, the guy who plays the, not the guy with the crazy hair, that looks like a mm-hmm. Napoleonic alien, the other spotted reptile-looking dude. That guy's played by the one actor who played the one Romulan captain all through the first three, four seasons of Next Generation. And mm-hmm. he's and he's quite good. He plays a, a good dickhead. But uh, yeah, like all their stuff is like fantastic. There's a reason why I think most people say yeah, they're a highlight through the first season. But the episodes are getting better and better. And it yeah. is it is kind of cool that they're setting up like each episode so far is pretty episodic, but when they do these, oh, this feels like it's building toward a big storyline. It mm-hmm. it's very satisfying, and those jump out. But then there's like the one off the monster of the week episodes, Ugh. no good. <laughs> but man, ninety sci fi, you get some, uh, you get Brad Dourif showing up. You got David Warner oh. showing up. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you have to have uh, Jeff Combs show up because. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but only one time though. Very sad. Mm. Did, oh, and does you, Brad Dourif show up more than once? Just once, too. A lot of one and dones. Mm. But uh, who just showed up? Oh, um, Chekhov showed up. He's a he's a psychop. Mm, I could do without Chekhov. Yeah, with his dyed hair. <laughs> yeah, that dude wasn't really great at acting, so. He's, I could do without yeah, him. Yeah, he gets to play. I mean. In this kind of sci-fi world stuff, he's fine. Yeah. He fits in the complexion of what we're looking at for quality on Babylon 5. I follow. I yeah. follow. Yeah, there, there is definitely no Patrick Stewart. In, in No the, one in, who really in, commands. In the ranks. It's like, honestly, uh, we're, we're operating at a Marina Sirtis level, but everyone is. So. Yeah. That, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I think... Uh... It's. I think it's good that you're do, doing the heavy work now because I think you can give me your week by week updates, and then what I'm really interested in is when you're done at the end, you can tell me just yes or no, is it worth watching? Right. Yes or no. Yeah. And then that, and that's all I'm really interested in because that's what I'm going to tell you about Voyager too. Once once I actually finish, mm-hmm. I'll be like, is it worth watching? Yes or no? Because I don't know yet. Okay. But Babylon Five sounds okay, and actually, you bringing that up, those two actors, Wayun and uh, that are like Wayun and Garrick. We yep. never in DS Nine, you never get a Wayun and Garrick interaction, and that's too bad. I don't think, uh, unless it's like a casual passing. At the, at the very last episode, you do. 
Oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's about it, right? Because I... Is it... Doesn't doesn't he just... Does he... You know, is it Kira or him that, that kills, kills Wayu? Yeah. I can't remember. Spoilers! <laughs> it's so far... It's so far away from my memory now. I can't remember who actually does. But, hey, they, they brought back a different Wayun in the book series, hey. so... Wayun can never truly you know, die. I definitely know that Oliver Granger will appreciate this Deep Space Nine talk. Oh. <laughs> well, he's got to hurry up. We're already like season four of fucking Voyager. You're watching I've, I've watched Live. Since finishing Deep Space Nine, I've watched an entire series of Next Generation. Yes. Yeah. And, and well, Seven what's seasons. His excuse? He has kids uh, and a wife uh, and a job. Uh, he, Get over it. Grow up. He lives by a pylon. Oh. Grow up, Oliver Granger. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's getting better. Well, yeah. Just... Well, last week I was I had just started, and it's in the week I've watched a whole almost a whole season, and uh, it's shaping up. It's shaping up. It's improving. It gives me hope. It's uh yeah. It's ninety sweat, RJ. I do like ninety sweat. Speaking of which, do you want to hear about some actual genuine 90 sweat? Uh, no. I, I want more metaphorical okay, sweat. Metaphorical no, this sweat. This is genuine 90 sweat. Not even metaphorical, Jared. Okay. Would you like to hear about Star Trek Voyager? <sighs> I suppose. All right. What do you want me to do here? Just go for a little bit and sure. then tap her off somewhere? Sure. All right. So I'm in season we're we, we were talking about season three. Maybe I'll hit you with like five or six or something and then we'll it's probably all right. So we finish on episode seven. So three oh eight and three oh nine are two parters, Jarrett. Two parters. I have them uh I have separate reviews of these, but they do go together. Um what was I gonna say here? Uh the actual episode titles are Futures End. And these aired in the 90s. And, Jared, they take place in the 90s as well. Uh, so, 308, I have Egg Bagley Jr. Domes Janeway 90s Sweat. Three out of four stars. <laughs> I also have things like, is that Ken Zhuang's voice? Question mark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is Voyager its own grandpa? <laughs> Slash, man, they fucked up. Uh, so this is a decent episode and let me give you my 309 as well just because they go together um but i have a real issue with this and i don't actually like it the episode's good but i don't like what they do here so 309 uh i have chakote goes to waco uh three out of four stars uh and then tuvok uses a cell phone which is interesting as well i should also also mention in the imdb uh like uh, description, it says Chakotay and Torres fall into the hands of paranoid white supremacists. So uh, he does go to Waco in a sense. Okay. So this is this two-parter is called Future's End. Ed Big, uh, I keep saying Egg Bagley Jr. <laughs> that's fine. That's his, that's his name now. Because that that's from a that's from a different show. But yeah, Egg Bagley Jr. shows up. So what's going on is Voyagers flying around, and then a temporal just. Uh, distortion opens or something a temporal rift and a, a time cop comes out and he says voyager i am from the future you are uh, about to make a 
do something that is going to throw off the timeline forever. I'm here to destroy you. And Voyager goes, huh? Us? Why would you destroy us? And then they resist, and then they get brought into the 90s. Uh, And then what happens is uh, the guy who was going to kill them, he shows up in the 60s. Then they come through, and they're in the 90s. Egg Bagley Jr. sees the ship in the 60s. He finds them, and he he finds the ship, and he steals it. And then he becomes an Elon Musk uh, type guy who has used the technology. Um, And then Voyager comes in the 90s, and they can't get back. So their thing is they have to try to find Egg Bagley Jr., the time cop, uh, and then try not to do anything to throw off the timeline. However, what happens is Voyager becomes its own grandpa, much like Futurama would do uh, sometime later. Um, And I actually do not like this. I think it's kind of shitty. This two-parter episode, like, it's a good episode, but I don't like the implications of it. So, like, Voyager comes back, and uh, they really fuck up. They're like, we can't let anyone see us. And then there is a an actual scene in the news that doesn't get like washed away by like time stuff. The Voyager is like flying like, like surface level, like blowing up buildings and shit in San Francisco. And then they go and then they go away and they're like, do aliens exist? And I was just like, man, you guys fucked up. Uh, But then throughout the course of this episode and the next one, you find out that egg bagley jr took all the technology from the time cop which was a few centuries ahead of where voyager was even that had even better technology and he was the one who designed all of the stuff that would eventually lead to starfleet and their like warp drives and their starships and stuff like that and i was like i don't like this i don't like the paradox that this has created where it's just like the only reason Starfleet exists is because someone from Starfleet from the future came back in time and gave all of the information to some dude who then used it and then built like Starfleet came from it. I don't like that. I don't know how you feel about that. Other people are probably like, whatever, who gives a shit? It's a TV show. But I feel like it's, um, I don't, I don't think that's uh, in Gene Roddenberry's image. Oh, it's Gene Roddenberry's hundredth birthday today, by the way. Oh, wow. Yes. But here, uh, well, here how, we are. And here we are. Other things that happen. Uh, Tuvok uses a cell phone. Chakotay gets taken by white supremacists. Uh, and then uh, this is the episode that makes the doctor mobile. They give him like a transmitter where he can go anywhere now. And it's from the future technology. So I think this whole thing was just to create a technology to allow the doctor to be part of the gang outside of uh, um, sick bay. But that's those two episodes. Uh, what do you think, Jared? Do you have as much of an issue with this grandpa syndrome as I do, or is that just me? Don't they, like, fix it before they're done? Not really. Uh, there's something about the Starling admits to January that he intends to travel into the future to steal more advanced technology because he has reached the limit of what he can create by studying the Aeon. Voyager returns to the exact moment they first encountered the Aeon. By the oh, end maybe. So I think they, I think they uh, plug that hole. Oh, see, if they did, I, I must have missed that because um, I had thought that they like they just kind of left it. And I was like, well, that's dumb. But it's like but the implications of it, too, was that like all of the Starfleet stuff was based on this guy. So I was just like, well, how do they get around that? Hey, I just saw Sarah Silverman's in this episode. She is. She is as a uh, 90s alien chick. Oh. Also, Tuvok wears a, a toque. There you go. 
and it's to cover up his ears. Vulcan ears. You know what Kirk would say about Vulcan ears in the past? Do you remember that? You remember okay, that screenshot uh, I got you? Supposedly, uh, there was some plan. They liked Sarah Silverman so much that they wanted to make her a member of the crew so she could be a romantic interest for Tom Paris. Mm. Sarah Silverman is good in this episode. Um, I don't think they, there's a great chemistry between Tom Paris. All, it's Apparently, this whole episode is trying to get someone to be a romantic interest with Tom Paris. <laughs> this whole series. That's all. That's what I've taken from this so far. Because now they're trying to do it with Torres. They tried to do it with Kess. I'm sure they'll try to do it with Seven of Nine at some point. Like, enough. Enough, Tom Paris. Uh, what else did you see? That's about it. Hey, do you know who uh, a creative consultant on Babylon 5 was? Egg Bagley Jr.? Harlan Ellison. Ooh, see? That's got the, it's got some weight to it. Oh, uh, one of the best bits about a Babylon 5 episode, too, that just came to my mind when you were talking about a white supremacist uh, kidnapping Chakotay, as opposed to Harry Kim. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a uh, an Asian man who shows up in an episode of Babylon 5, but he's like a total redneck. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Talking about immigrants. He's like, he's like, yeah, hey, I don't want them aliens coming here and ruining my way of life. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's fun. I like that. Yeah, because he's like part of the hum- the humanist movement, trying to make Earth for humans. Uh, Earth is for humans. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it, what Alan Moore was getting at, too, with Watchmen, no? <laughs> I, was he? Well, I mean, isn't that the whole point of Watchmen, where they have the the alien drop at the end and his thing is like we needed to unite earth against a common enemy that's but, outside it, of earth it, but isn't that ozamandias as opposed to alan moore well isn't, isn't that alan is, moore isn't what's that, the difference is, between him and ozamandias well it's kind of like rj really? Baylog is a character on a podcast in the character well i but i'm upfront about that alan moore's never stated whether or not he is any of his characters so we i see I we see. can't know for sure right we can't know for sure, Jared. Okay. So, anyways, tell me, tell me about the episode ten, uh, Warlord, which <clears throat> appears to be a Kess episode. Uh, three ten. Harry Kim wears a mess shirt. One out of four stars. <laughs> what? Oh, that's not, that. That sounds like the opposite from that. It's it's not great, but it does introduce the uh, the Caribbean uh, like resort. A hollow deck, which gets used a lot from this point on. Uh, so Harry Kim wears a mesh shirt. Uh, this is also the episode that has the infamous Neelix dance ah. gif that I've sent to you many, many times. Uh, at least, uh, at least a dozen times now. At least a dozen. Uh, Kess dumps Neelix, and oh. then I went, "Oh, mind control." It's a mind control oh, episode. It's not here. permanent. No, it's not permanent. Which is hence my one out of four stars because I don't like that. Uh, anyways, and this is what I believe is the worst alien makeup in the series, in the franchise so far. I can't stand the way these aliens look. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like they all have like these weird like wavy buns, but there's like plastic just like thrown in there or something. It just looks like shit. Like I really didn't like it. Like it, it distracted me the entire time I was watching it, and uh, all I could think was, they should have just did nothing. Nothing would have been better than the alien makeup in this episode. I don't know if you can. I'm looking it up right now. Ilari 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I was gonna say I don't know if you can get a clear picture or not. I tried to get a picture, but it wasn't great. Oh, they have like yeah, it's like they have like a straw in their face. Yeah, it. They look like shit. D- double uh, double noodles. Yeah, like. Ew. I don't know what it is, but like, even more than the Kazon, which the Kazon are fucking ridiculous. But uh, these things, I was like, I don't like these at all, not at all. So yeah, this is Kess episode. She gets mind controlled. By by the end, all things get set back to normal. Hooray! Hooray! So that sucks. Three eleven. Q for consent, like Q sent. Do you get it? Do you get it, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. Q tries to have sex with uh, Janeway. Janeway. Yeah, he calls her Kathy, which I actually thought was super cute. Uh, and then I have a uh, Speedo guy is back. Speedo guy was from the last episode in the Caribbean resort thing. We get introduced to Speedo guy. It's just a dude who wears a Speedo sometimes, and he's in more than a couple episodes. So Speedo guy is back. Uh, there is talks of individuals versus the commune. There is also mention of a bar rodent, which I think is what they call Neelix, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and then this episode has really weird super zooms, like smash zooms up on people's faces. It was a strange directing. Uh, what, what's the rating on this? Uh, this is a three. Okay. Three out of four. It's it's pretty good just because I, uh, I have warmed on Q. When I first saw Q, I did not like him. I like remember. Early TNG. I thought that guy was super annoying, but I've uh, he's he's grown on me now. Um, this episode is kind of cool. Janeway goes into the continuum where all of the Q are at Civil War now because of the decision she made earlier where one of the Q was allowed to die. Now it's a big like battle between the Qs, and it's that individual versus like community kind of thing where it's like they need each other in the continuum but they're fighting for it uh and q wants uh janeway to uh have his baby yeah which is so like that's cool uh q brings some puppies on board janeway uh is a big puppy uh enthusiast or just dog enthusiast in general um no it's a it's a good episode just mostly because uh it's it's a q and janeway episode and i found that these are some of the better ones in uh, Voyager, even though this is only the second Q and J- Janeway episode so far. But uh, it's not bad. Not too bad. You want to hear some more? Sure. 312, Die Hard Janeway. Three out of four stars. Ooh. So this is actually a not bad one. This is also uh, Virus Bugs, which is cool. Uh, and then J- Jonah Hex Interpretive Dance Aliens. So this is a, it's a model of alien that's been used before. It's kind of like the one where there's a bridge from up here between the eyebrows over the mouth to the chin. Okay. So there's like a, a skin flap covering right here. <laughs> of course there would and it, be. And it, it's just like, I just think of Jonah Hex. But the fun thing with these aliens is they talk through interpretive dance, like like things like that. Yep. And uh, it's really goofy. And I actually kind of thought it was fun. Um this one is there's these huge virus bugs that are on uh, Voyager and everyone dies except for Janeway. So this is her Die Hard episode where she goes around blowing up bugs and shit, which is pretty cool. Uh, the only thing that's weird about this is Neelix talks about humidity and insect repellents. And uh, I've really started to notice now in Voyager more than any of the other Star Trek shows, the uh, writing is really starting to dip into like things that are 
relatable to us, but it's like how how does this fucking weird bug alien, this like Joe Dirt alien from millions of miles away, how does he know about insect repellent? And like, do you know what I mean? Right. I'm starting to notice this now. It's like there's way too much casual conversation between these people. It's like these things shouldn't exist anymore. If anything, Neelix shouldn't know about fucking bug spray for damn sure. I don't think so, at least. But 312 is not bad. 312 is a pretty good episode. Just bugs. Janeway does some cool stuff. So there's they're not all bad episodes, Jared. The next one, however, is not a good episode. 313, uh, Neelix and Tom uh, Paris deliver exposition about mine. Low two out of four stars. Uh, it's not a horrible episode. Voyager is past the point where Neelix is useful anymore. So he's really trying to earn his spot on the ship. So he is trying to get a map for outside of the world. He, he encounters another like Neelix alien. I think they're called Thalaxians. And uh, that guy is a scoundrel. So he's really trying to get things. And and then there is a very heavy handed conversation between Tom and Neelix where Tom's like, you know, I did lie and I'm glad I did. Because I learned a valuable lesson that I'm not ever going to lie again. Because lying hurts someone. And then you go, okay. Hmm. Okay. So something happens between the last episode and this episode. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. Because the rating that these episodes were getting jumps up like an entire point. Like down like from like a 4.9 to a 5.8. And from this episode on over the course of the next like. 12 episodes it goes up and up and up and it's like consistently like a sixes whereas like the previous like i don't think they've had like a six since maybe the first what death wish the episode death wish i think Mm -hmm. it's the last time they were above a six uh which is season two so they've gone like over a year with kind of crummy ratings and then suddenly Mm -hmm. this episode turned the ship around Hmm. and uh and then it's, it's all strange. it's all it's all uphill from there, baby. Based on the timeline, the last episode was December and this episode was January. Yeah, yeah. So it's over I'm, the course of a, the new year. I'm trying to figure out if it's like a day of like the year that or it was like a different day started airing and the ratings yeah. started improving. And then of course they start throwing some uh some Borg later on in those episodes. Yeah, that start. comes eventually. And then those and those episodes do very well. Because this is this is like post first contact, I guess, in ninety seven. Yeah. Well, do me a favor. Look up December 11th, 1996. Look up what day of the month that was or what day of the week. Uh, okay. And then uh, and then that's it's January what, 8th. Yeah. And then January 8th is the next one, 1997. So see if it's the same day of the week or not cuz maybe that made a difference. <sighs> Herbert Sally Frankel died? I can't believe that. Man, that's harsh. That's You're, a tough one for me on, to hear. Tell me what day it was. Wednesday. What? Wednesday. It's weird. That is so. Weird. That was December eleventh. Yeah. So previously, Voyager was airing on Wednesdays. Yeah, which and seems then, strange. And then no, it was still on Wednesdays. I didn't oh. know. I didn't get to watch Star Trek though until Saturday. For the rerun, maybe in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. That's when I was watching. Canada. That's when I was watching Voyager. I think. Oh, I mean, maybe. Maybe I can't. Remember. I don't know. I don't know what the difference was. I just looking at the rest of the season. The Borg episodes are good, and there's one 
other episode that's pretty good, but the rest are pretty much shit. What about Alter Ego, which I just want to read the description. <laughs> the next episode. Uh-huh. The crew enjoys a luau on the holodeck, and Tuvok discovers an unusual hologram. 314, Harry Kim incels the computer. Two out of four stars. Directed by The Doctor. The Doctor? Yep. Robert Picardo himself? Yes. Holy shit. Uh, so it's not a bad episode. Uh, I don't love the uh, focus on Harry Kim. So this is actually the episode where uh, the meme, the, the current popular meme is from, where it's, are you friends? And Harry Kim says yes, and Tuvok says no. This is it. I watched it in real time when the meme was popular. Massive. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, Hawaiian shirts are back on the menu, which I, I like a lot. So they're really using this Hawaiian, like, uh, or this, like, Caribbean uh, set that they had access to. So Harry Kim creates a, uh, a character on the holodeck that he falls in love with. Um, and then when she doesn't, she's cool with him until she sees Tuvok, and then she's in love with Tuvok, and then Harry Kim acts out aggressively. So he is an incel. Um but then the holodeck character becomes sentient and is starting to move around the ship to follow Tuvok because she wants to be closer to Tuvok. It's not a bad episode. It's okay. It's uh, this. Uh, it's pretty standard ground by now where we have uh, sentient uh, holodeck characters trying to come out of the holodeck and shit like that. So mm -hmm. it's not bad. It's all right. It's all right. It's not great. It's legit. Yeah, it's not a great episode, but it's not bad. Okay. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, two more. Two more? Okay. This is this will be a good two. And then, ooh, actually, that's a good... Maybe uh, maybe one more because... Well, we'll see. Okay. Um, we'll see. 315, Ghostway, two out of four stars. Ooh. Instead of Janeway, Jared, it's Ghostway. Janeway appears to be trapped in a time loop with different events, but all ending in her death. I would say this is a high two. It's um, it's just an okay episode, but it's not a bad episode by any means. Like uh, when I when I saw it, I was when it was over, I was like, that was fine. Just wasn't great. So Janeway becomes a ghost, and uh, yeah, she's in a death um death a death time loop. So she keeps dying, happy death day style. Uh, which is very popular now in films, but uh, wasn't before. Um, this episode has really weird uh, dialogue, though. So I have a note here. I, I put weird gaps in the dialogue. I can't remember what it was, but I think there was like two characters talking to each other. And then one character just started talking about something completely different and like not in line with the other one. And I was like, it really threw me off. I was like, did they cut like a chunk of the scene out or something? Like, and that's what it feels like. Like, I think someone like edited out some of the dialogue to like shorten the runtime. And it is very, very noticeable where like I was, com I was watching paying attention. Sometimes I'm not, but uh, I was actually watching paying attention. I was just like, what? I was like, this doesn't make any sense. What, uh, what happened here? It's strange. It's very strange. 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 Okay, I'll give you one more, uh, and then uh, and then we'll leave. Yep. Um, three sixteen, masturbation sex fights. Three out of four stars. Directed by Garrick. Ooh. Uh, so this is blood fever. Uh, one one of the other Vulcans on the ship is going through uh, Pon Far, which is uh, the sex crazed yep. uh, Vulcan thing. 
Um, so there's lots of talks about working things out on your own. And there's lots of fighting over sexual partners and masturbation, which is weird. Uh, this is also just sexual frustration uh, in an episode. Uh, and then I put a note, real wicked rock people. There is a race of rock people in this episode, and they are awesome. And I wish I could see them more. Like, they enter a cave, and then they're like, things are weird here. And then, like, the walls, like, all the rock people, like, come out of the walls. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I was like, that's cool. I like that. Uh, and then this episode ends with the Borg, baby. This episode they does? They find a Borg body. Mm. And this is the the first time you see that. And then... And then it becomes a thing in the next episode. But this is the way this episode ends. A little, little cliffhanger, just like a good place to stop for me. They uh, they find a Borg body and then they go, hmm, hope we don't run into any of those guys anytime soon. And they look at the camera. Week, And then they say, join us next week yeah. for more. J- join us on uh, February 12th. Yeah, they don't let that one sit very long. They uh, They do it the immediate next week. No. I thought they would maybe like, you know, have a couple buffer episodes in between. But uh, yeah, not a bad episode. Not bad. And uh, it sets up the Borg, which is cool. And then they come next week. Oh, just like me. Oh, cute. Yeah. I'll talk about the Borg next week. Okay. And that's it. That's it. We're, al- we're almost through season three. We're almost through season three. Have you- and you've been done it for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, I finished it like a month ago because I, I got halfway through season four and then I um, and then Fred Olin May came. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just what I've been doing now. That's your life now. It is my life now. Cool. And all our listeners lives. Yeah, well, fuck them. So I got to say, <sighs> RJ, you got any news? You know what I actually remembered? Do you remember what? when I? I was like texting you and I was like, did you see that thing Edgar Wright tweeted after the Oscars that I, I found a little bit uh, questionable? Okay, yeah, I remember I f- messaging me. I remembered what it was. So uh, during the Oscars, and uh, this, other people will probably tell me to shut up, but I, I'm going to say it anyways because he deleted the tweet, so I think he realized it was bad. Um, when that do- best documentary went to uh, My Octopus Teacher, which is a movie, Jarrett, about how intelligent octopus are and like what we can learn from animals and stuff like that. I remember Edgar Wright tweeted a picture that said, my octopus dinner, and it was a plate of fried octopus. And I went, hmm, that seems like it's in pretty poor taste, my friend. Uh, and then a, a mere hour later, he deleted it. And I went, mm-hmm, you piece of shit. Look what you did. And uh, whether whatever whatever your opinion is on eating those guys doesn't matter to me. I just thought the uh, the timing of uh, his tweet. I was like, "You suck, Edgar, right?" And I hope he's listening. Fuck you, buddy. Don't ever call me out on Twitter again, because I never forget. That's my news. What about you? Um, well, I'm just following some Twitter news at the moment. The crypto community responding to Elon Musk's betrayal. Uh, they're really they're releasing uh, tokens telling him to fuck off like that'll uh, do it the fuck Elon um, token F it's called felon F Elon F. Elon yeah that's sure that'll sure teach him I'll stick it to him and uh, there is a mention here from the person that tweeted this out here about crypto incels <laughs> Ooh. 
That's a, sounds like something that I can get behind. Yeah, that's the crossover, folks. Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Incels. Uh, incels. I know that uh, David Lynch is really, like, lately he's on Twitter promoting some fucking book of his buddies or whatever, some transcendental meditation person. That's fun. I'm glad I mean, that that's, that's always cool. That's, I'm glad, speaking of auteurs, I'm glad that that's what he's taking to uh, online to do is hawk people's shit. It's not it's not a horrible use of time. In, in different languages. Dr. Tony Nader. Who? Dr. Tony Nader. I know what, Ralph Nader. One unbounded ocean of consciousness. Simple answers to the big questions in life. Dear Twitter friends, we are a world family and we are all on a fabulous journey. <laughs> Please <laughs> read the book ASAP. I'll get right on it, Dave. Yeah. Anything you say, bud. It sounds sarcastic, it, but it, I mean it. it. It has a prologue by David Lynch. Weird. I'm all over it then. Well, in this book, Dr. Tony Nader offers ideas and can change the world. A must-read for any seeker of answers to the mysteries of life, to the absolute and ultimate truth. That sounds like rational, clear thinking. Uh, Yeah. I would never say anything against it. Uh, everyone talks about uh, people. I can't afford transcendental meditation. David. Sorry, I should read it. I can't afford transcendental meditation. David. David. I thought, why is there any cost to it? In, indeed. It state of mind. Indeed, RJ. Indeed. You'll have to check with Katy Perry on that. Oh, they got her too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. We got the Beatles, Katy Perry. Damn. Yeah. The Beatles? Yeah, the Beatles, way back when. Shit. The shitty Beatles, are they any good? <laughs> the shitty Beatles? Yeah, they suck, man. Oh, it's not just a clever name. See, that's the second Wayne's World drop I hit on you in one episode. <laughs> yeah. It's about time for a rewatch, my friend. I'm good. It's about time. <sighs> Uh, you, you got any news? <laughs> RJ? No. Okay, then. No, that was it. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Are people mad at Borat? Is that something I've just seen? I mean, probably. People are mad at everything all the time. Like, Because, like, that's not what Kazakhstan's really like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, I don't care. Nothing it's... is what it seems. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you what I tell everyone. Grow up. Yeah. It's a catch-all. It works always. You want to talk about a movie? No. Oh. Damn. Okay, then you told me. Shit. Um, th that's it, guys. Uh, next week. Spine nothing. 291. <laughs> nah. Next week, nothing. No, I got to say no. that. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even want to know what's coming next. I don't even know what's coming next. Good. You don't want to know. Ugh. After the break, a man gives us postcards.
êtes vous Allô, monsieur le préfet. Figurez-vous que nous avons arrêté un kidam qui se prétend le préfet de police. C'est curieux. Dites-moi, est-ce qu'il me ressemble Et Monsieur le préfet, c'est votre sœur Marguerite. Eh bien, Georges, vous l'envoyez se faire foutre. Avec votre permission, madame. Et maintenant, je vais vous montrer de très jolies images. Vous connaissez ceci Oui, c'est une image. Une image miraculeuse de Saint-Joseph. Quelle honte Fais voir. C'est dégoûtant. C'est que je suis avec quatre messieurs. Quatre messieurs Nous pourrions pas là pour les invités. Les cinquante les scapulaires. J'ouvre d'une vierge. Pour boire. Dès que l'on compare une culture à une autre. Tout est une question de point de vue. On est toujours le barbare de quelqu'un. Je fais disposer 12 quarts de CRS dans les abus tout autour. Mais pas tous ensemble. Dispersés les uns ici, les autres là, pour ne pas alarmer les gens. Chargez. Et frappez fort. Allez, frappe, vieille pute. Plus fort. Encore, oui, comme ça. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Phantom of Liberty from 1974, directed by Louis Benoit. RJ, the tagline for this film. Mm -hmm. Louis Benoit's kinkiest comedy. That is not the tagline for this. Is it seriously? Mm Mm-hmm. Why would anyone describe a movie as kinky? Mm. It's weird. Gross. The synopsis from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. This surrealist film, with a title referencing the Communist Manifesto, strings together short incidents based on the life of director Louis Benoit. Presented as chance encounters, these loosely related, intersecting situations, all without a consistent protagonist, reach from the 19th century to the 1970s, touching wow. briefly on subjects such as execution pedophilia, incest, and sex. The film features an array of characters, including a sick father and incompetent police officers. 
I feel like the sick father is the least of the uh, characters you could have picked uh, out of that. It'd be like, there is a character in here who passed by one time. He's in here, too. He's there. Believe it. (laughs) Believe it or not, fact or fiction, you decide. I mean, you could say a lost child that isn't lost at all. I mean, that could be a character, allegedly, depending on how your surrealism fares. Surreal. Absurd. The absurdism? Mm -hmm. The absurdists? I'm not down with that. Surrealism is fine. Absurdism, no, no. (laughs) No, uh Draw the line. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's a a, a wig of the finger. Uh, Oh, yeah, people can't see us, eh? No. You got a wig of the finger? Tip of the hat? Tip of the hat. What kind of hat you got on there? Is that a fedora? That is a visible hat. Fedora and what's on your table there? Is that a, a katana? So you katana, got a, a, fed- my, uh, a katana. That's, and there's my uh, my trench coat on. Yeah, I see with, that with my, the... my bolo tie over t-shirt. Yes, yeah, and uh, it looks like there's a a, a a large amount of fast food bags behind you yeah. on the ground as well, well. Some Slurpee cups. Yeah, stay tuned for Fred Olin May at the end of the month, folks. That's a Ooh, if... that's a plug. I mean, if people like Bunwell, if that's what they're here for, they might like Fred Olin May. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. So, RJ, this movie, this, yes. this Bunwell, this Phantom of Liberty, it opens up. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen this movie before, I should ask? I have never seen this movie before. Fuck, what do you think? Do you no, think yeah, I've I, seen this movie before? Come big, on. big Bunwell boy here. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, no. So I actually am a I'm, I am a fan of this guy, this Louis Bunwell. I've seen these You're movies. You're a Bunwell boy. I'm a big Bunwell boy. Uh, there was a three wow. pack Blu-ray set that just got released in the last few months that uh, put this discreet charm of the bourgeoisie and that obscure object of desire all into one place in HD, uh, which is cool. Um, we've this is the middle of this like final three films of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about Discreet Charm ages ago. We talked about that obscure object of uh, my desire some time ago. That's like the yep. f- that's his final film, and this is his penultimate film. Penultimate? Could you just could you define what that word means to me, Jared? That which comes right before ultimate. And what was his ultimate film? Uh, that obscure object of my desire. Oh. It's like final film. <laughs> That movie, that, that movie with, like, the people in it, with more than one woman. No, you can't do that in films. Uh, he did you're it. Gonna con- you're going to confuse the audience. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think Bunuel's worried about that. Well, fuck him, then. You're along for the ride when he's in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. That's, that should be my letterbox review. Well, maybe. Or my local newspaper. You're gonna you're gonna submit that to the newspaper? Yeah. Okay, I got this review for Phantom of Liberty. <laughs> you you want to run it? Huh? I mean, our local newspaper. I don't even know how it's still operating, so I'll, you might be able to get I'll, it in. I'll talk to Al over there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it opens up, and it's a period piece, and you go, "What? Huh? I can't believe it. Is, is this all going to take place during Napoleonic times?" It might. Um, a bunch of uh, Napoleonic soldiers. They've just finished uh, rolling some um, some Spaniards mm-hmm. running a rickshaw over this Catholic church, mm-hmm. desecrating away 
mowing down people. Uh, I like how Benwell kind of cuts away from violence. You don't actually see bullets. You don't see uh, people getting squibs. You just see the, the mm. aftermath of gunfire, which is it's very artful. It's very classy. You know who doesn't do things like that? Friend Olin Ray. That guy. That guy's always about just people standing there and then going, ah, I've been shot. <laughs> Yeah, but he, uh, I mean, that's what cinema is, Jared. If you're not on board with cinema, then you, I don't know what you're even here for, friend. No. Do you even know what art is? Clearly. Clearly not, is what I have to say, but, you know, whatever, continue. So, um, one particular soldier, maybe a, a, some sort of commander, captain, mm-hmm. chap, um, he, he starts, uh, caressing a statue of a he, lady, he does of a, of a lady. Oh yes, yeah, that he's, happens. He's really fallen hard for her. I he did what for her? He, fallen hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just needed a little clarification and, and, and on he's, that. As he's like starting to like make it, make it with this uh, statue. Uh, the statue next to it of a man uh, kind of comes to life and just like knocks this guy out. He bonks them on the head a little bit. Gets a big old bonk then you kind of go, oh yeah, I, I, I see that. I've seen that before. And you say it's one of these uh, statues comes to life when it's a uh, happening thing. When I saw that, my greatest fear was that this was going to be a uh, Monty Python uh, movie. <laughs> Uh-oh. It, however, was not quite that. Not quite. But I went, oh, is this going to be some old man humor? Fine. Is this going to be stuff Jarrett's going to be rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing at? Or uh, oh, what's going on here? Slapping my knee. He's going to go, <laughs> yeah, got that statue got him good. Say He sure got him. And you so, go, it's funny because statues don't normally do that. That's, it's weird. Well, I mean, it, when, by that measure, I guess like the 1946 Beauty and the Beast film would also be like Monty Python-esque. If we're talking no. about like inanimate objects coming to life. No, that's played straight. Yeah. This this seemed like it was played for humor, which I, is my, my issue. Mm-hmm. Monocles definitely fell into teacups, I think. Well, at some point, yeah, probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Cumberbond snapped open, <laughs> just from the shock of things. Yeah. Just uh, if there, if life had actual panels, it would just be two feet uh, floating in the air, going plop. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't consider that, but uh, I'm going to continue to not consider it. So. This this uh, unconscious captain, he wakes back up and he's like, oh, yeah, you don't like me make, messing with your dead wife statue, huh? Well, we're going to dig up that corpse and I'm going to bang it. Mm-hmm. So, Jarrett, you uh, you said earlier that this is a loosely based on Bunwell's life, right? <laughs> yes. So w- well, I didn't, say, like this, I, I didn't well, say that. The I internet didn't. says that. This part is based on a... Uh, a short story called The Kiss. So not actually in any way related to his real life? Correct. Okay. So I'm going to ask you two more times later on if uh, what part of Bunwell's life, life the part, these certain parts, segments of the movie relate to. So that's number one of three. Well, I mean, I could just read through uh, what historical and social context on Wikipedia will tell me. I mean, you could if you, you wanted could. to. No, I could do that. I mean, most people could do that. They could save themselves a lot of time and not listen to this podcast. Of, I recommend that. Now, there you go, folks. I'll give you a moment to leave. Grab your bag. Yep. Take off. Don't come back. Nobody's listening. 
Are they gone now? Hopefully. So anyway, the the transition from this scene, we're like, oh oh, are we going to see some uh, some corpse fucking? Or, or is this is this necromantic? <clears throat> no, mm-hmm. nah, it's not. But we get this uh, this lady in modern times. She's sitting on a park bench and she's reading this story. And she's like, "What does paraphernalia mean?" Yeah, what is paraphernalia, Jared? Um, well, it's defined trinkets. In- yeah, it's stuff. Women have it, apparently, based on the, one of the definitions uh, given mm-hmm. by a colleague that is on also on a park bench. As uh, children, rich rich people's children are hanging out at the park, um, having a, a good old time, running amok, going down slides as creepy men, very clearly creepy men with mm-hmm. round faces. What kind of faces? Probably named Robert. What kind of faces? Uh, round, did round, you say? Round faces, bespeckled. Oh yeah. Dressed um just off. Just something a little bit too too uh too put together in this case. Sure. Uh, just a little off. And, and he's just hanging out by the slide as grown men do. You're like, what's this? Uh, Are these young girls in dresses sliding down the slide? Well, I better uh, find myself a position here. And ask if they're interested in dark magician girl cards as well. And uh, did you get an answer on that? I, I didn't because I, I was not in the movie to ask. Okay. So, so I have to ask you, what part of uh, Bunwell's life is that? Um, I don't know. Okay. Maybe Some hurt. of these questions might not, not have answers. I was mostly curious about the necrophilia, mm-hmm. the implied pedophilia. And then there's another one later. I'm going to say, what part of uh, Bunwell, Bunwell's <laughs> life sure, was I'm, this? I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. You, but we'll get there. You can bring it up with the uh, author of the paragraph on Letterboxd. So, oh, oh dear. So, of course, this guy saddles up with these girls, and you're like, oh, oh stranger danger, stranger danger. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not the type of game Bunwell's playing. And you kind of already know. It's like, so he gives the girls an envelope. He's like, yeah, I want to, do you want to see these pictures? You should share them with your friends. He's like, oh, this corrupter of youth. But you're like, it's, it's, I know, I already know this is going to be something silly. Like, I already know that this isn't going to be what you think it is because mm-hmm. uh, misdirection of expectation, as they say. Wow. What was that accent? Uh, we get a, we get to a transition to mm-hmm. the parents of one of these little girls. Um, the one that gets slipped the envelope with all these uh, photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dad. He just declares, very bored, I'm fed up with symmetry. And he just kind of moves one thing on his mantelpiece up to the side and puts something else on top of there. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was, that was like weirdly pretty funny because <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's how that, that's how that scene goes. These people, a person goes, yeah. I'm fed up with this. And they, and they, they just move like a thing over five feet and then they put something on top and go, I'm done. I'm happy now. I mean that that is what we do too with most of these movies, so it's accurate. Yeah, fed up with that it. part's accurate. Sick of it. So of course, um, girl comes home and after being told by the man, don't show it to any adults. She's like, hey, this guy gave me this. See you later. And uh, so of course, the mom and dad uh, t- open take or chatting away about their uh, banal lives, and then of course, uh, mom looks at the photographs and she is scandalized immediately cannot believe what she's seeing you're like oh shit how bad could these possibly be and they're making a point of not showing us what the what the photos are of 
And of course, RJ, what's the punchline? I don't remember. What were the photos of? Uh, postcards of architecture. French. Oh. Architecture. I think uh, while that scene was going on, when they re- revealed the photos, I think I honestly, like, I think I was just looking through the TV. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, completely out of focus, still looking at the TV, just completely out of focus, like, like dead. I see. You died. I, I honestly, I couldn't remember what was on the on the pictures. I was just, uh, uh, I watched the rest of the movie, though. Okay. I can speak to that. So this, of course, leads to the dismissal of the uh, the nanny. Because she's like, how, uh, could, yeah. how could you let this happen? And uh, so she's so she's out on her ass. Ah, oh, we'll let you stay the night, but you got to go tomorrow. We're not going to pay you anymore. And they say it's like that's just how it works. It says, "Hey, listen, I wish it didn't have to be like this. Mm. It's um, not me making th- this decision." Th- there's a there's a whole thing about spiders going on here. Yeah, what is what's that about? I don't know. Identifying spiders. Yeah, I I was uh <clears throat> like I know a lot of this movie is just like thoughts that uh bunwell had i guess but uh the spider thing i was like i it's like i guess he's in spiders but spiders are gross dude pick a different thing to be into <laughs> well be into like dogs or something you know mm-hmm. maybe that's just me and then we um continue on to um the the father uh, go he has problems getting to sleep on this like yes on this bed with like a very like kind of rough looking blanket mm-hmm. um and it's just like he can this gag of like oh i can't believe how how time is just passing instantaneously as i'm having a hard time dreaming and this is like feels very much unlike a dream mm-hmm. um but there, there is this scene that is pretty standout uh with an emu mm-hmm. wandering around and i was like i was like man that thing's like a dinosaur Look at look at those legs. Emus are pretty crazy. I I've seen some in real life, like yeah. this close to it. No. And uh, man, you gotta get the fuck out of their way because those sons of bitches will go right through you if they want to. They'll, they'll disembowel you. Just like ostriches, those are scary. That's scary shit. You don't want to be around an ostrich. Yeah, we get one of those too in this. I think right. Uh, at the very end. At yeah. the very end, there's and that's the scariest thing of all. That's like, is that not the final frame? Of, yeah, it's, it's a freeze. It's, it's like a freeze frame of the ostrich, like four hundred blow style, where it's like, it's like just, uh, and it zooms in on the ostrich's head, and then you go, man, it's a spooky looking bird. Yeah, those are, uh, those are uh, mean bastards. Stay yep. out of their way, Jared. Mm-hmm. Stay out of their way. Um, the, the next morning, the, the the father he wants to he he goes to see his doctor, mm-hmm. telling him about like, man, I had some weird dreams. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, nah, you're fine. But he's like, no, I got the letters from the postman that visited me in one of these dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, that's neither here nor there. And then this, of course, leads to a transition where uh, the doctor's nurse shows up mm-hmm. and says, I got to go visit my sick father from the introduction. And right. Lo- and looks at the camera. Um, she, So she now we abandon those people completely. We never see them ever again. Because mm-hmm. now, now it's onto the, the this nurse. Yeah, you jump sometimes from yeah. characters to the others. Yeah. Oh, that's. I think that's all that happens in this is there's transition points from one character to another as one enters, and you're like, was well, this the whole narrative all along? No. Kind of. 
Um, so she's driving through uh, through the night to reach her sick father. Um, mm-hmm. She you get this strange scene of her coming across a uh, tank on the road, and they're asking, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you see any foxes cross the road?" And did she? Uh, she hadn't. What is that symbolism for, Jarrett? I don't know. I don't think there is any. Or, yeah, I, I think I, I think I think if you're uh, looking for that, you're barking up the wrong tree. Oh, it's not a metaphor. I don't think so. Damn. No, it's more people of just love like, metaphors. Uh, allegedly, mm-hmm. I know some people hate them. Irrationally, some people do. No, I don't know who those people are, but sure. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's more of kind of this like strange kind of tension that uh, results because there is no ability to really understand what's going on because there's these, mm-hmm. these these little blips and this is one of those things where it's like you come across this tank and they want to find foxes and they're just going to move on their merry way it feels like a yeah just a series of events sure that that, that just happened to so, go into one another like a slice of life kind of slice of somebody's or some people's lives of of fictional lives, sure. Uh, so of course they say, "Hey, you got to be careful up there. The roads are being washed out from these floods, from all this mm-hmm. rainfall." And sure enough, that's what happens. So she's got to stop at a hotel, and this kind of grounds us for like a good chunk of the film's runtime. She she arrives for like at, half an hour at least. Yeah, she arrives at this little uh, I don't know motel hotel kind of thing. It's uh, like an inn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she shows up. And uh, she gets fed some apples. Like well, th- she asks for for just fruit and milk, but and it's and three apples. Yeah, three a big baguette and a and a glass of milk. Honking apples. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some I don't know Franciscan monks or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, they're all hanging out, warming up by the fire because it's so mm-hmm. it's raining so much. Yeah, well, they're cold. Yeah, I'd be cold too. Yeah. yeah, so they're all uh, sitting a spell. They have a sit, they have a chat, and they're like, "Well, there's no, there's no TV down here. T- time to go up to our rooms." What did people do before TVs, Jared? Good question. Hmm. I don't know. Worked on. I don't know. What wor- they did. Worked on manuscripts. Did they? I think so. Huh. No, I think that's that's exactly what they did. Ugh. No. Fill, fill the chamber pot. Ooh. I gotta get down on that. You ever fill a chamber pot, Jerry? I, I have not. Really? Why not? I, I've, uh, because I, I live in the modern times. Doesn't have to be modern. You could go grab a pot right now, put it under your bed, and just uh, let let nature take care of the rest. What do you do with it in the morning? Just out- go empty it out in the street. Oh, I see. <laughs> someone like else, the French. Someone else's problem. Yeah. No. That's what they do in Quebec. Just <laughs> right in the street. Oh, yeah? They, they never got uh, indoor plumbing, huh? I They got it. They just didn't want to use it. Along, they just... along with the baked milk? Yeah, they they have the access. They just don't care. Just, it's easier to throw your shit in the street. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we get some, uh, some uh, hotel room comedy. One person goes into the bathroom. One person goes to use it. They cannot. They come out and leave. Mm-hmm. You go see in their room. There's a room with a dancer and a guitarist who are just going to start performing with their door open. Um, a man, a man from another Burnwell film shows up and says, "Do you mind?" With his eyes and closes it on them. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, the monks show up to offer some some prayer. Yes. Uh, over uh, the sick father. But what do monks like to do? Uh, play cards. They like to play cards and smoke, have some drinks. Because that's, that's pretty crazy. Nothing wrong with that. It's pretty crazy. Monks, am I right? I mean, I feel like it's supposed to have more shock value than it does. In 1974, I, I'm, I'm not sure where this uh, is on the shock meter. Yeah, because, like, I saw monks drinking and smoking, and I just went, okay, nothing wrong with that. No. They're just having some wholesome fun with the boys. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging out, having some cold ones. It's the issue. Right. You know, but that was just me. I don't know. Yeah, but of course they're also gambling, RJ, with holy relics. Well, I imagine it's for fun. At the end, they'll divvy them all up back to their rightful owners. Sacrilege. Sacrilege. Yeah, it's... As a non-believer, as a person who doesn't believe a a lick of this, it's like, oh, biting. Biting? It's all in the name of uh, brothership. Um, But what else do we get, RJ? What's the next... What's one of the other uh, units occupied by? We get introduced to well before we get introduced to the Jared character, uh, we get introduced to the the uh, the young man and the mm-hmm. old wo- woman. His aunt. His aunt, which I didn't realize at first because I didn't. Was it explicitly said? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know what movie I watched then. So I, I um. For a second, I was just like, "Is this just a dude, like a kid and an old lady?" And then uh, I, I kind of doubled back and I went, "Oh, it's his aunt." Okay, so there is a uh, implied relationship there. And uh, I went, "I wonder what part of Bunwell's life this is from." Mm-hmm. And then I never got the answer to that. So we have a uh, young man and an old lady, uh, nephew and aunt, and they met in church. And uh, well, they've, they, they've, they've, well, they've known one another for a very long well, time, yes. but they've come closer and closer until they had a. A kiss and a moment of like, we cannot hide this anymore. Yeah. And so they were traveling and then they got held up in the inn as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Temptations just uh, got the best of them. Yeah. And then we have uh, this young young lad has a statement that I screenshot that says, listen, if you don't, you're not going to like the way I respond to this. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, she, because she's just like, no, I, she's like, I just want to just leave me alone. And he says, listen, lady. If you don't show me your naked body, things are going to get real bad real soon. And you go, whoa. That's quite a long block of text for a single shot. Yeah, it's one shot. Uh, dude also then puts out a, a cigarette right on a uh, like a framed picture. Of a woman. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't look what was in the picture. I just thought the act itself was like, don't just put out your darts it, it, on like. It was a woman's face. The furnishing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it could have been a picture of like a, a bag of shit or something. It would still be. I'd be like, hey, don't put that out like mm-hmm. right in that. But how does it? House. How? But how does it change its meaning, RJ, with it being a bag of shit or a woman's face? Are you saying, Jared, that this is potentially an incel, a man who is aggressive because he can't have his sexual? Uh, I think there might things? be a, a touch of misogyny. Oh yeah, that too. I guess. <laughs> Rather than just leaping to the next, RJ's favorite. Well, I mean, he is kind of an insult because he's acting out because of his sexual aggressions, right? Is that that's the definition of an insult? Um, no. Involuntary celibate who is well, I mean, he's definitely he wouldn't be in the situation it. that he was in. <laughs> well, I mean, he wanted more, but he wasn't offered more, so he got mad about it, right? Mm. 
Yeah, but that's not the same thing. There's other words for it. Oh. Well, I mean, but words don't. Words aren't real. I'll tell you what. This Christmas, what? I'll get you a nice thesaurus. And, uh, I'm not going to. I don't know how to read. <laughs> don't you worry. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen one of these days. Give me the audio book. The audio book? Okay. Yeah. So which one do you think Bunuel is? The uh, nephew or the uh, aunt? Uh, I don't know, RJ. Okay. Well, what's your read on the situation then? Um, it's uh, tossing some incest your way. That's what it's about. Okay. He's like, hey, you know what? I got some necrophilia. I got some sure. pedophilia. Got to sure. get that next philia in there. There's that one, and then there's another one still yet to come. Philias? What? Like, no. 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 See, there you go, RJ. I guess taboo. Another another ribald. What word is what word? Do, ribald is that a real word? It sure is. I'm googling. Wait, this. No, you can wait till wait till uh, wait till your birthday. I'll get you a dictionary too. A dictionary. Sexual and a matters thesaurus. in an amusing course or a irrever- irreverent way. I mean, I, there there was nothing irreverent about what I was watching in this movie. Um, I would say that it's entirely irreverent. <laughs> I don't know about amusing though. <laughs> What about body? That's a similar word. Body. B- yeah, there you go. B a w d y. Dealing with sexual matters in a comical, humorous, and indecent. I mean, these are all the same word. Why do we have nine words for the same thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, yeah, we got those guys, and then uh, he gets he gets frustrated because uh, she won't um, do well, what the, he asks. Well, eventually, so then he leaves. He, yeah, he takes off. He's pissed because he also tries to like suffocate her. He does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then apparently, um, well, he he does see like see her naked, but he doesn't. That's uh, not enough. So then he leaves, and then he meets up with uh, uh, the the real Duncan type, this man who says, "Hey, what come are on, you doing out here, fuck young come, man? Come, come have a drink. Come have a glass of port with me yeah. and my wife. My wife. And then he's my wife. And then they go, oh, there's another lady in the vicinity. What? There's a they, lady. Oh, and she, and, she, and she, I beg your pardon. There's some monks." And, uh, well, he doesn't, he's there. And then he goes in and he says, well, I didn't know you were here as well. And he, and he says, all the better. Come on over. We'll have, we'll have a port together. And then they go into the room, Jared. Mm-hmm. They, and, all, and uh, they all have a drink. They're all having a drink. And then the lady leaves and, uh, changes her clothes and you go, is she leaving? Uh, and then the man goes into the bathroom. But what do you think? Okay. Before things happen, where do you think it was going? What do you think? I the... thought she was just leaving because this movie has like all these like uh, like things that kind of come and go like without anything else. I thought the I thought the man and woman were just leaving and then it was going to be something different. Mm. But I also noticed her hair was different. I was like, what's going on here? But then uh, what really tipped me off was the man's pants. <laughs> Not her like dominatrix outfit and whip. Well, I mean, I saw that, but it's like I said, I thought she was just leaving. I see. And I was like, all right. To go where? Uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of uh, mountain uh, top nightclub. I see, in the small yeah. uh, French village. Uh, then of yeah. course, uh, yes, the Hatter. He he goes. Is that his name? He well, he's the the, the Hatter. That's his profession, okay. I guess. Uh, he goes to the he goes off to the washroom while the conversations and dialogue are happening, and he he puts on some assless chaps. Sure. And uh, as, well, the, as, as the people continue chatting away, um, 
a, a act proceeds to occur between the, the woman, his assistant, and and the hatter being um, whipped across mm-hmm. the buttocks. Across the butt. Yes. Um, and they're like, oh, look, I'm being embarrassed. It's, the, it's a little bit of um, humiliation, sexual humiliation. Sure. And when they're leaving, they're like, oh, come on, where are you going? Come back. They say, stick around. It's just, we're just starting. Mm-hmm. I should clarify. It's not necessarily, all chaps are assless. All chaps don't have a back in there. Chaps go over your pants. Mm-hmm. So they're just assless pants. Yes, let's Not pants. that it matters. Not that anyone cares. But I just, because a lot of people, you know, uh, talk about that. All chaps are assless. Those just go on the outsides of your jeans. But they're chaps worn without pants. I thought they, to me, it kind of looked like dress pants just with the ass cut out of them. <laughs> That's a that that was how I kind of interpreted that. I was like, I think he just cut the ass out of his chat uh, out of his hmm. slacks. You'll have to go back and check it out. To oh, I have it. lots of screenshots. I yeah. can send you some. Okay, uh, maybe that'll wait till later. So that yeah. so that that doesn't play out as well as I guess they'd hoped. That people being like, ooh, let's hang out and check the show out. Um, and yeah. I guess really the the nephew returns to his aunt, and they they fuck. That's uh, it's implied. They, oh, it just goes with I'm ready now, and then uh, it cuts to the morning. Next morning, with our uh, uh, the, the nurse, the, the nurse. Yes, she goes to leave, uh, and she's uh, she gets a hitchhiker, a man, mm. a bespeckled man, because this is the era where people still hitchhiked, and you just went, oh, this man wants a ride. Sure, I guess. We're going well, the same way. He says, are you going over there? I'm going over there. Can I go with you? Yep. And so, and so they do. Nothing happens of real any consequence. Uh, but he no. turns out he is a teacher for police officers. Yes. He's like, a, instructor. Well, he's like an instructor. So he mm. was like a sergeant or something that uh, got to the level where it's like he is now teaching the upcoming Policemen, but I, I don't think they're upcoming. Like they're literally police officers in action. Like they are not. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Like they're getting yeah. constantly called off to duty, and mm-hmm. um, so he's trying to teach them about ethics. Yes. Uh, but of course, this room full of police officers, the authority figures, they're all acting like children. Well, calling, they, uh... calling calling people not very nice names anymore. They're not not using nice names. Homo- and, homophobic. Uh references are made on this chalkboard a lot of snickering really? snaggering I, did, I didn't catch that could you uh exp- i don't recall what was written on the board you just know that it was offensive yes good i uh i, I know that they snickered and uh they even uh pinned a uh cut out of a man to his butt i thought it, i thought it was a woman could have been a woman it was a it was a paper person it was a paper person sort. yes that they, they uh, safety pin to his butt. And I remember watching and I said, hey, you can't just pin that. I guess there's no tape, but like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, that's going to go in that guy's ass. And, and, and then, then guess it what does. happens? And then it does. Right in the ass. Yep. Yeah. Well, while, while he's trying to teach them these, these uh, lawmen about customs and taboos and, poly- yes. and talking about polygamy. Yes. And, and relativism, moral relativism. And these cops are just like, I don't give a shit. I want to make fart ironic, Jarrett. Ain't it ironic? Ain't it just ain't it just irony? And then so basically everybody except for two officers get called away. 
uh-huh. it's like and it's the worst officers of them all. They're the oh, yes. the most annoying. Um and that's then so I think at that point after he sits down and gets the pin in his ass, uh he goes to get his boss, the captain, who's like a real hard ass and tells him, I understand that there's been some problems. Uh, and of course they automatically change their behavior. And so now finally the professor, the instructor gets to finish his story or gets to tell his anecdote about going to a dinner party at a friend's home. What happens at the dinner party, Jared? Well, uh, there's, they go to have dinner of sorts, uh, a river and in, a you rever- don't say this is the third. So, so there's kind of like a, a trilogy of dinner scene, dinner party scenes or dinner parties in Benwell films between Exterminating Angel, Discreet mm-hmm. Charm of the Bourgeoisie, and here with Phantom of Liberty. In Exterminating Angel, it's a dinner party that no one can leave. In Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, it's a series of dinner parties that never actually happen. And here we have the uh, a complete flipping of what a dinner party could be, or is, in essence, where all the individuals, they are dressed in, um, you know, uh, proper attire, Sure. For for an evening out to have some wine and a fine meal and conversation. Uh, everyone's together, uh, mothers and their young daughters and dresses and suits. And they go to mm-hmm. what I guess you would call the dining table. And instead of chairs, RJ, there are what? toilets. What? What? Did, or is, is, is steam coming out of your ears? <laughs> Jared, did, did I hear right? Did you say toilets? Toilets. One of your, the, one of your d- favorite. D- 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 dinner table? W- one of your favorite things. Yeah, absolutely one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. but not at the dinner table, mm-hmm. my friend. So, of course, you get like the, the awkwardness of these people. Like, well, got to sit down. And so you're like, well, how are they going to do this? And then you realize, oh. They're they're gonna do their pants, and then they're gonna lift the toilet seat up, and then they're going to like the toilet seat cover, and they're gonna sit down, with uh, you know, panties around their feet or pants around their ankles, uh, and they're gonna have a sit, and they're just gonna sit like they're gonna like let loose. I think they do let loose. Well, they're sitting there and they're talking, and they're all talking with one another, and then uh, eventually people say, "Oh, excuse me for a moment," as one of them gets up. And they return to a room and you go, I think I know where this is going. As they go into a little room and it's kind of like a little kitchen and they sit down and uh, kind of like a little uh, piece of the wall kind of disappears and out comes some food. And this guy's mm-hmm. just eating food, chewing Pushing away. And then someone comes knocking at the bathroom door and says, it's occupied. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go back. Do you think that happens at a lot of dinner parties where someone's eating and goes, excuse me a minute, and then just rips a huge shit right in the toilet? It's happened. It has happened? 100%. Like to you and me or? I mean, how could it not happen? Well, I mean, I know. Mis- but like, mistakes have you ever happen. Done it? Mistakes happen. Is this something that you're familiar with? En- enough said. Enough said. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got my answer. It's, it's pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. So we then come back to the police lecture. And yeah. It's like, I hope you've all learned something very important from all this. Um, the police officers, hey, sorry. The, the two cops go, hey, I got, we got to go. We're on duty. Mm-hmm. So they take off. They get to work, um, you know, doing traffic stops. A speeding motorist comes blasting through, uh, says he's off to see his doctor. 
Mm-hmm. He goes to see his doctor, and uh, there's a long conversation about how healthy he is. There's a little bit of this and that, and then finally at the very end, oh, hey, you got cancer. Yeah. And he gets slapped across the face, this this doctor. The doctor like, does? Yeah. Damn. Dad, the, the guy's mad. He's pissed. Hey, did we forget about the uh, abducted kid? Not yet. That that's next. Oh, okay. that, that's the that's this guy's daughter. The guy who gets who, who gets the like the the liver cancer diagnosis that never, oh, okay. that never gets followed up on ever again. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, people don't like being told that they're sick, even if it's for if you're like, hey, you're sick because of this. And, and uh, doctors don't like to give bad news until they've sweet talked you enough, told you everything's fine. They go, oh, by the way, hey, you need we have to do surgery right away. I mean, my doctors had never sweet talked to me. Last time I was like one of the last times I was at my doctor a year or two ago, uh, she was very frank and said, yeah, you're a little overweight. And I went a little. It's better than a lot overweight, I suppose. You ever been told you're overweight by your doctor? I've said you should do more exercise. (laughs) Do a little more exercise. A a while back. Yeah. And I went, okay. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, guy goes home. Tells his wife, ah, nothing's wrong. It's all good. And then they get a mm-hmm. phone call. Their daughter is missing. She's disappeared. <gasps> so they rush. Dun, dun, what? Dun, 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 dun. They head over to the school. What? And then, of course, we reach some some absurdities where very clearly their daughter is there. But everyone's like, and she's there. They acknowledge that this girl's talking. And they're like, oh, I can't believe she's gone missing. We have to find her. Mm-hmm. Um, they go through the whole process of reporting it to the police as the girl is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's like, seems to be fine with this. <laughs> and they speak well, to her like she's there, but oh, she's missing. Can't believe this is gone. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you take from that? Because when I was watching it, I was kind of just like, what are you doing here? In the sense of like, what's going on? Uh, what is the it, intent? It's about it's about procedure. Oh, it's about it's about I don't know. I guess you could say that uh, once once a ball is set in motion, people would refuse to deny or ever change course. They, they might actually per- they actually might enjoy the process, uh, mm. the 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 practice of going through these motions of like, we got to find this missing girl and say, Oh, no, I'm fine. No, no, we're going to, we're going to find you. We have to go through this no matter what this commitment. I see. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there might be an institutional critique here, RJ. Mayhaps. Are you saying that this is some sort of commentary? I don't know. I think it's a series of thoughts. I think it's a series of uh, anecdotes and some considerations. Personal uh, essays of some kind. Perhaps. Perhaps. And do you do you have an equal kind of like personal essay collection that you're gonna collect into uh, vignettes? Um, yeah, that's pretty well what this this uh, horse and pony show is. Well, the first half. I'll... There's a, a, a an officer is told his shoes are very uncle- unbuffed, unpolished. Yes. He gets told, "Hey, go t- get t- get that taken care of." So he does. He goes gets a shoe shine. That was my favorite part. Do you know why? Why? Because uh, there's the other guy getting his shoe shined with mm-hmm. his dog. Yeah. And there's uh, comments. It's like, it's a good dog. He says, yeah, it is a good dog. And he said, you know, people who are mean to uh, animals should lock those fuckers right up. 
I think he says something. Does he say kill them? I don't know. Well, who's this? I got a what, screenshot of it. So what does this man go and do, though? <laughs> um, I don't know, Jared. What he, does he go do? He's a sniper, RJ, who randomly kills people in the streets below. At least it's not animals, though. I guess, but... So he's he's doing a little bit of that. That was that was like kind of a, a big. This must have been a to- hot topic, you know, the the snipers. I the mean, snipers. Yeah, the people have done this in real life, and here they are doing it again, and it's kind of handled like matter of factly. People mm-hmm. just kind of falling over. Well, have you ever fallen over? Yeah, maybe. I think. Okay, so uh, I feel like there'd be a lot more noise associated with it. Well, it's, I think that's the, the idea. The way it's played up is very much like, huh. I wonder why they fell over. Maybe they were exhausted. It's like, I think you'd hear something. Potentially. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would have thought. So anyway, um, eventually, this man is arrested, found guilty, sentenced to death, and then he just leaves. He just leaves court. He goes, right, thank you. Shaking hands. Yeah, everyone's like, congratulations. And he's just like, yeah, see ya. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Thanks so much, you guys. We did it together. We did it. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. But hey, then we go back to, um, uh, I guess the the captain. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's no, the sorry, police the, commissioner. Yeah, the police commissioner. Commissioner Gordon. Because uh, we had because uh, dad from earlier, so we actually do go back to one character. Uh, yeah. the, the the man with cancer with the missing daughter. He gets brought in by the police. Says, "Hey, we found your missing daughter," and she just like comes out like from the door. So, oh yeah, oh, thank God, we found her finally. Uh, then as she's about to explain how they found her. Uh, he's interrupted, mm-hmm. and he has to, he has to go off to the bar to a bar. Uh, he meets a woman who looks, uh, a lot who looks like, his, like his dead sister. Yes, uh, and she plays a piano naked with like. Uh, well, how do you play the piano? Uh, I don't, so I haven't had a choice one way or another about this, the manner did. of dressing which I would play. Yeah, and then of course while he's like flirting with this woman, he gets a phone call from the ghost of his dead sister, asking him to meet her at the family mausoleum, which he does. Let mm-hmm. middle of the night, he uses his uh, credentials to strong arm his way through into the through the cemetery to go check this out. Um, he there's a telephone in the mausoleum by his sister's coffin. He's having a conversation with her. There's ha- hair hanging out of it, mm-hmm. um, and then of course he is. I think he tries like he he starts almost busting into it, and then the, he tries. And then the police show up, and they tell him, "Hey, you're pretending to be the police, the, the commissioner of the police," and they bring him in, and mm-hmm. he meets another uh, police commissioner, and they're, they're like they start like discussing matters uh, about like their approaches to like civil uh prop crowd control discord? issues discord uh, who, that's who the, the that's a fancy word for it jared mm-hmm. it's kind of like body yeah let me tell you. but yeah it's something they, they hit it off immediately it's like these two men who are shouldn't possibly be able to exist simultaneously now they do because you can't just have one commissioner of the police you got to have two people say the same thing about you and me jared we yeah. shouldn't be able to exist at the same time however or maybe we need four hosts no, you bring two other people in, and I'm totally fucking out of here. You do your own thing. Which is to say, mm-hmm. tell me more about Bunwell. Well, uh, this is the end. This is the home stretch. Uh, there, there's a uh, some sort of action going on, some sort mm-hmm. of um, event happening. Yes. Uh, off off screen, 
uh, uh, off panel, but there's sound, sound of riotous people storming about here in 1974. You go, what is it? They're just very indiscreet or uh, nondescript about what it could be other than the police are in full force to handle this. Uh, it's a zoo. A zoo is involved and there's animals. Mm-hmm. Um, a voice is heard saying, long live chains, which is one of the first things uh, the Spanish rebels, the beginning of the film, yell out before they're gunned down by the French soldiers. How do you feel about that? Do you in, do you endorse chains as well? or long? It's all full circle, RJ. It's a chain of events. I mean, sometimes you need a chain to like pull out a truck or something and it's useful there and, and then yeah um so the film ends with a close-up of a ostrich's head yep one of the most dangerous game mm-hmm. yeah i told you you got to watch out for those guys scary things scary scary stuff so, so that's that movie yep that's that's kind of uh, how it plays out uh from the historical and social context section Oh, wow. RJ, uh, the film is infused with Bunuel's personal experience. It, it opens in Toledo, Spain, a city that so impressed the young Bunuel that in 1823, he founded a group called the Order of Toledo. When he was a student in Madrid, he saw a dead woman's hair growing from a tomb in the moonlight. The sight made a strong impression on him, and he used it in this film some 50 years later. In the 1940s, when he lived in Los Angeles, but had no prospects of film work, he wrote down an idea about a missing girl whose parents fruitlessly search for her while she is beside them, invisible and yet not invisible. When the Carmelite monk says, oh, "If er- that's what, that's not the Franciscan monks, it's Carmelite. Carmelite. If everyone prayed every day to St. Joseph peace and quiet would prevail. This is a quote that had stuck with Benwell when he was visiting a monastery in the 1960s. One of the most poignant biographical details used in The Phantom of Liberty is the sequence when the doctor tries to avoid telling his patient that he has cancer of the liver. This was based on Benwell's experience of being told that he had a cyst on his liver. He died of cancer of the liver in 1983. Damn. It's almost like he knew. When he made the movie, it's almost like he knew. Jarrett, mm-hmm. do you think he knew when he made the movie? Uh, he might have known. It's not. It wasn't like a coincidence. He just knew. He just. He did know. Wow. So you're telling me, yeah, that some of these things are parts of his life. Some. Some. What about the parts that aren't? Uh, they're considerations. What about? The problematic parts of this movie. Problem? I don't know. Is there anything that problematic? I mean, all those philias seem a little problematic. But, nope. but those, there are things. I don't know if he's uh, saying anything too uh, outrageous about them. I mean, sure. Their presentation, he seems to have uh, artful dodges for all of them. I mean, you could say that. I mean, another way you could look at that as well, though, is some people think that when you trivialize or when you make fun at uh, those things, you are downplaying the seriousness of them and you're you're in fact endorsing those things. (laughs) Some would say joking about necrophilia is just as bad as actually partaking in. What's the crime there? Uh, Well, it's just like I said, if you uh, if you make fun of this thing you try to make light of it and you say hey look it's a joke and then people will go hey maybe i'll try this joke maybe it's like that alley that, that alley cat 
cartoon where I'm going to go fleece my friends and uh, make monies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> monkey see, monkey do, right, Jared? How, how, how many uh, necrophilic acts is Phantom of Liberty responsible for? We might never know. And I think that's the really troubling part of this. Yeah. We, we may never know, Jared. Hmm. And uh, honestly... It's probably better that Bun Bunwell isn't here anymore. So I think in current Bun times, Bunwell would have had him. Bunwell outlines the film's themes in his autobiography, which I've actually read, but it was a long time ago. Like we're talking twenty years, oh. as being. There's five, RJ. You with me? I'm listening. One, the search for truth and the need to abandon the truth as soon as you have found it. Number two, the implacable nature of social rituals. Number okay. three. The importance of coincidence. Number four, okay. the importance of personal morality. Number five, the essential mystery of all things. I mean, uh, all right. Yeah, that's all well and good. Yeah. So, I mean, in, under those, I mean, I think those uh, do a pretty good job of uh, framing this film, all things considered. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. But it's, uh, I mean, I could tell you that this podcast is about social commentary on truth, reality, and art. It is. Is it, though? It is. Is that what we do? That's exactly what it is. I can't, couldn't have said it better. It's hard to argue with that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I do think that actually kind of, it makes sense. It's weird, though. uh, Well, I mean, not weird. Um. I think there's something about like finding the truth and then abandoning it. It's like, man, they got us. <laughs> got them good. Is that like one of those things, you know, where you're always chasing something and then when, once you get it, you're just like, oh, I didn't want this. I was after the chase, Jarrett. You want to hear what Vincent Canby of the New York Times had to say about this film at the time? Is this a person that I should care about? Uh, he's, I mean, I've brought him up on the pod before. Le Fantôme okay. de la Liberté is dozens of stories that lead from one to another with a dreamlike logic and a dreamlike way of never quite arriving at a neatly satisfactory conclusion. It is not for people who see movies as butterflies, trophies to be netted, pinned down, then pulled apart with tweezers. The movie mm. can't be pinned down. There's no single correct way to read it, which is not a rationale for its ambiguities, but a rigorous instruction to those who would enjoy all that is most marvelous and poetic and surrealism at its best. Uh, I mean, that's that's OK. It's better than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I'll allow it. You'll allow it. I will allow okay. it. That's so, better than I thought. Yeah, so what I'll say at this point is uh, I actually I do quite like this movie. Uh, it, it was a very enjoyable uh, watch in terms of like it's it's that 70s Bunuel mm-hmm. that I like. I'm not crazy about his – there's an era of his stuff that I've had a tough time getting into. And it's kind of before this like lat, later day – 70s stuff uh tristina is one that apparently have i not watched tristina which one am i thinking of viridina or uh, uh, viridiana that one i'm not crazy about exterminating angels pretty boring the last time i tried watching it diary of a chambermaid's pretty good pretty good i love simon of the desert belle de jour i haven't seen it forever 
I've, I, I fear that movie might age real bad. Or might be a, still soup, fantastic. Soup du jour, did you say? Belle du jour, but not the soup du jour. Oh, what is the soup du jour? Uh, on a Wednesday? I don't know. The correct response, Jared, is it's the soup of the day. But no, but I'm saying is uh, on a Friday, is it clam chowder? Uh, yeah, I think usually you do clam chowder for Fridays because Fridays usually you're trying to avoid meat, my man. You want tomato bisque? I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not either. Yeah, not a huge fan. But okay. Okay, continue on with your uh, yeah. So like, uh, the, uh, yeah, I've this uh, this feeling of uh, latter day Bunuel is uh, I respond mm-hmm. really well to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I find this movie, these movies like really fun to watch. Uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't go into territory that seems unnecessary like everything feels like he knows exactly when to cut away he knows when he's like yeah this this part's boring or like i don't i don't care about this we don't need to like focus on the people being shot or like the necrophilia i'm just going to cut away from that and get to the next thing and move right along i was actually a little surprised that there was no uh, overt uh, terrorism in phantom of liberty because there wasn't a discreet charm of the bourgeoisie and that obscure object of desire maybe he uh maybe he kind of got it out of his system and he didn't well, this was feel the need this, to bring it up again, he, or, or maybe it's like, or or it took him another couple of years for him to really figure out there. what he really really wanted to do. Yeah, that, the next that's movie. also a potential yeah. possibility. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the the ending, kind of like the suggestion of like utter chaos, which like just to me uh, points to uh, like kind of like the student uprising stuff in Europe at the time, but it's all left very mm-hmm. vague. Like you're kind of allowed to conclude whatever, like there's always something that's going to be going on just around the corner outside of uh, whatever the goings ons of your life are. Um, so like why, why make it about any one thing? Like mm-hmm. keep, keep it vague because there'll always be some, a problem somewhere that an audience can relate to somewhere along the line. I mean, that's again, that's pretty much what we do. There's always something bad that we do that other people can relate to to point out to us, right? Mm-hmm. Always. So, so yeah, um, RJ, I, I, yeah. I noticed uh, you on your letterbox review uh, used a, a GIF, a GIF, sure, um, of uh, a shrugging James Franco. Yes. And so, uh, RJ, what did you think of the Phantom of Liberty? Now I have to preface, Jared. When I used that GIF, it was a mere hours before celebrity Seth Rogen stated that he will no longer work with James Franco because of allegations of sexual misconduct or of uh, misconduct. Sorry, I shouldn't have said sexual misconduct of some sort. So please don't uh, hold that against me for uh, using Mr. Franco. Uh, when I had uh, when I had set that in there, I just I had just watched this. And I was kind of, uh, I think this movie sits better with you after so. And uh, what I mean by that is I haven't like, I haven't been thinking about the movie a lot, but I think it uh, coming right off of it, I was kind of just like, like not like confused or anything like that. I was just like, I don't really know what that thing was about. And I think that's kind of like the point as you've pointed or as you've kind of talked about it, she's like, these are just things that happen. And like, I had, uh, I didn't think it was anything other than that watching it, but I was like, man, this thing's, it's kind of all over the place. Not mm-hmm. in a bad way. It's just, this thing bounces around a lot. So if someone had to ask me what this movie is about, that gif is my response. I would go, 
don't know. It's, just, it's about a bunch of shit. I, I don't really know. Um, so I am uh, with you. Uh, I do like this movie. I do think some of it, some of it doesn't work for me in a sense, but uh, um, like some of the things I kind of pointed out already, but um, it is a very well put together movie. Like you said, there's no like dead time. There's no dead space in this thing. It, it moves really fast. Uh, I didn't think there was ever a part where I wasn't um, engaged with it. Other than that, when I forgot what uh, was two of the things that happened. The postcards. But that's just me being uh, a, a doofus. Um, that's not the movie itself. I was never not engaged by it. I, like the whole time I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. And like it moves fast and it's it moves so it bounces around so much. I think it, it holds your attention pretty well. Uh, this is a real good movie for people with like ADHD, I think, because it's snapping man and you're just like yeah check this out um i do like uh i do like a good bit of what some of the vignettes i i think are trying to represent and like those five little tenants you kind of ticked off it's like i get that like some of the ones i really i i I do think um make sense to me like i think the missing girl who's in plain sight that one makes sense to me in terms of all of these things, like some of the other ones I don't really relate to as much, but uh, that one, and for some reason like, I was just like, like banging I, your aunt. Yeah. That one didn't <laughs> quite get to me. The uh, necrophilia one uh, didn't quite relate to me either. That, that um, to me, that's almost like a, it's like a, feels like a ghost story. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a ghost story, but it's also kind of, but it also like under, it underpines like so much of, I don't know, history. <laughs> cause it's like, cause it, it yeah. is, it's a really peculiar movie, right? So this is a movie made by a, a Span, a Spaniard, a Spanish man, sure. uh, who is now being financed, I think probably entirely by the, uh, probably French money. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he, now he's like, so he's like weird. He's in the subjugated position. Like he's a Spanish director. who's making movies for the French and he's making this movie that opens up with Napoleonic soldiers. And this is going to be primarily probably playing across Europe, but, French audiences. It's a movie about uh, French soldiers coming into a ch- uh, Spanish church and like desecrating it, making light of like church because I mean they're all uh, secularists now because they've abandoned the church under Napoleon. Uh, there is no state religion except for Napoleon, and uh, they're like eating the communion wafers and saying, "Ah, fuck it!" And it's like, "Oh, hey, there's like a there's a woman I want to make up with this statue," and then the statue defends itself. Because there's no one else around, they're like, "Oh yeah, well, fuck you. We're going to dig up the body and fuck that too." And then, but now it's like you transition to it. You're like, "Well, that's a reaction." Is like, yeah, like these powers that be, they're just going to like out of spite. It's like, what's mm-hmm. the point? You're just fucking a body to prove a point. You're like, what the fuck? You're debasing yourself by like fucking a corpse. But like, it's a, it's pretty it's like when you start thinking about those frames, you're like, huh, this is a. Uh... There's an anger there, but it's low key. Sure. Benoit's a calm guy, but this is also the guy who did, uh, you know, back in what, 29, on Andalou, where he's like slicing open goat eyeballs and fucking, mm. fucking people up for a hundred years since that short film came and in influencing a very specific type of filmmaking of, uh, you know, violence of like that 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 early dadaist stuff and surrealism and so now he's like now he's now he's mellowed but there is still like an anger i mean this guy was a communist uh his attitude toward like the communist party proper is like diminished a great deal and i think there's like kind of a um, agnosticness to how he views how the 
party is operating but he also hates he still hates the state he still hates mm-hmm. the systems that he lives in so he's like well how do how do i fuck with people i guess i'm, I'm going to make movies that don't work the way that they want movies to work mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to defy narrative i'm going to say hey, i don't care if you what you get out of this but i want to i want people to like walk away with it and be like why does this why do i keep thinking about this and he's going to try a whole bunch of different stuff and some of the things that are going to make people mad are going to be like well I'm going to show cops being morons. I'm going to show doctors mm-hmm. being worthless. I'm going to, you know, show like, you know, the thing that's like, here's a guy. He's going to fuck your kids. He's going to give them postcards of French architecture. It's <laughs> it's obscene. That's the joke. Again, mm-hmm. these weird little things are like, you know, the French will go. <laughs> but it is also a resentment that he needs their money to make movies still. And uh, he's, and he's, well, who, yeah. Who doesn't resent the French? I don't know. But continue. Anyway, so these are all things that you just bring into it. Like, I could just bring this to this movie, show up with it, and be like, hey, I'm talking about this movie in this particular way. Who gives a Mm -hmm. shit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's that's a good way to look at it, too. Like, I, I never doubted that there was a lot of thought to the things that he kind of put in here and, like, his personal viewpoints on these things either. Like it's all there, I think. Um, and even for the things that like I was, I wasn't the biggest fan of like sure. the in- the intro with the body thing, because it's like I said, I didn't even think it was like that weird or anything. I thought it was like going the other route. Like I thought it was going to be like real dumb comedy kind of <laughs> like playoff. And I was just like, I'm not, in it. I was like, I don't think that's, I was like, I, I just, it's, not even funny to me kind of thing. But like, I realized that's not quite what he was going for. That's just what I thought he was going for. And I was just like, eh. <laughs> he's like, I don't, I, I don't need this in my life right now. Bleh. Um, so even, even the things that don't like totally land for me, it's like, no, I get it. Like, um, I can see why some of these things are, uh, thrown in here. Um, especially like, you know, the pleasure palace that is the inn with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, familial affairs and uh debauched monks debauched monks and dudes with uh no ass in their pants and it's just like i thought that was the whole movie too was just uh it was gonna bounce around at these characters at the end and then they left and i went hey whatever happened to those uh weird sex perverts no but you never see them again nope they're they're just uh living off their uh bourgeois life uh (laughs) Wanting to expose their ass to the world. Isn't that what it's all about? That's right. But, yeah, no, uh, Phantom of uh, it's pretty decent. <laughs> no, it's, uh, like I said, it's, uh, I was engaged the whole time, which is more than I can say uh, about uh, a lot of the movies we watch for this thing. So, I was like, this is good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm getting something it, it, out of this. It's a return to... Uh, fictional narrative after three weeks of documentary as well. Oh, we have done docs for a while. Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah, it's it's like a trilogy of docs. I mean, I've heard of a trilogy of docs before, but <laughs> not in the same. <laughs> Ooh, you know. RJ, do you want to hear about who hates this movie? Sure. Why sure, not? Sure. So first off, we got Colin Hexer. Not Colin Bun. Not Colin. Okay. Boone. I, I see him. Boonwell. Colin Boonwell. Uh, no, Colin okay. Hexer. One star. 
I, I've had enough of this Bunuel guy. His films have nice posters and the premise always sounds interesting, but I usually tune out after the first half an hour. I mean, is that all movies you usually Probably, turn out? I think so. I think well, most movies I watch, I tune out after the first half hour. I mean, I guess. This is a strange doc. They, uh, over 4,000 films watched. Okay. Only about 35 star films. We got Requiem for a Dream, Watership Down, Plague of Dog, or Plague Dogs. Like, it's a pretty heavy shit you're, uh, into, my friend. Mm hmm. Like, um, Eden Lake, like, good Lord. Uh, here's their bio, Jarrett. Prick, who, oh, this person is from Singapore, by the way, I should mention, because there's some mentions of uh, things that they're not into, but from Singapore. Prick, who likes obscure, weird movies. Check out my lists. Uh, ratings based on personal enjoyment with a hint of cinematic merit. I don't know what else you would rate your movies on, Jarrett. <laughs> Uh, film categories I refuse to watch, except if it sounds really fucking good. Korean, <laughs> boxing, gangster, documentary, superhero, Hollywood animated, heist, black and white, war, Netflix, <laughs> don't ask. Currently, 50% of my films I've watched are in English language. Planning to knock that down to 35%. Good for you, man. Colin. Colin Hexer. Next up, we have Zhu. Oh, yeah, Zhu. One I star. See, I see Zhu. I would have said, nice try, Bunuel, except that it was not nice, and he wasn't even trying. So overall, not a nice try, Bunuel. <laughs> not nice. Not nice, Jarrett. Uh, what do we got here for five stars? The Apartment. Very good. Stalker. I don't know. My Own Private Idaho. Not five stars. A lot of Barbie films in their five stars. I, like, I, I, uh, who is our Barbie expert? Jared Ber or Jared Berger? <laughs> Barbie of Swan Lake. Barbie and 12 Dancing Princesses. Barbie as Rapunzel. Five star films, apparently. One, uh, half star films include Arrival, which is one of your favorite shows, Saving Private Ryan, a bunch of other Barbie films. <laughs> have we have we done this person? I, I think before? I think we might have. And, and this is where the Barbie stuff came into play. Possible. It's Weird. Got, yeah, it's an odd coincidence. Otherwise, um, one more. Lillian Crawford. All right. I really loved Belle du Jour. It's everything a film should be. The Phantom of Liberty is its opposite, to the point that I'm not sure this mess of Bunuel's dreams can really be called a film at all. It's, I don't know why people say things like that. It's strange because I love the absurd, but I do not find his films remotely amusing or poignant. More baffling is that I'm pretty much on board with his political stance. It's just so on the nose that one is forced to roll one's eyes and wish it was all a bit subtler. I think it's because I had such high hopes for Benwell that I'm so infuriated by his bad films, but I'm willing mm -hmm. to keep looking for one that is effective and enthralling as Unshen Andalou or Belle de Jour. As for his unique film style yes it is unique in that his camera trickery is jagged and crummy and the editing is atrocious and people like this people who are you kidding wow that's um that's a that's a sentence in a bit yeah that's a it's a mouthful i don't know man they gave cleo from five to seven five stars 
which is like that's what they want. They want more like Cleo want more Cleo, more Varda. They, they gave uh, Inside Out five stars, which is not a good film. Uh, they also gave Obscure Object of Desire five, which is like okay, it's fine. Forty year old virgin half a star, Borat half a star, the uh, the Searchers half a star, Jarrett. The Searchers, Jarrett, half a star. The Searchers. Yeah. Here's a here's something weird though about their the way they rate stuff. Five stars, transcendent. Four and a half stars, masterpiece. Which I find is strange. Is that a masterpiece would not be a full five. Uh, four stars is cracking. <laughs> uh, three and a half is rather good. Three is fine. Uh, two and a half is not unpleasant. Two is unpleasant. One and a half is bilge. I don't know what that means. Very Must English. be local. Uh, one star is shit, and uh, half a star is satanic. But I mean, some some satanic films are the best films. This is true. So that's not a, a very good rating at all. Lillian Crawford from Cambridge. There you go. Not nice. Not nice. Not nice. Well, goddamn, RJ. Yeah. Any final words here on the Phantom of Liberty? Um. No. <laughs> How about a rockadoodle-doo? What? <laughs> exactly. Was that was that in the movie? That's surreal. Do you see? Do you see? I don't. But okay. <laughs> Whatever. After the break, uh-huh. Arjun and I are going to go bust out that ostrich from that zoo and that big old bear. Big hat. Oh, that bear is so cute. I've seen bear? ostriches. They're scary. Yeah. I, I, I just went over this. You, Don't... you can ride it to safety. No, they'll fuck you they'll, up. But they'll kick you right in, they, they right run, in your they, dick. But they'll run really fast as you ride them. Yeah, like they'll it's, run. It's, it's, like a choco, really... it's like a chocobo. It's kind of, but instead of you being on top running fast, they'll run really fast into you our, and our, fucking our, blow your brain out. RJ, I believe, that, I believe in your ability to be an animal whisperer. They'll see your lack of like malice and they'll see your kindness especially yeah, if you the, also, especially for the kitties with you they'll also sense the fear <laughs> well that's your fault it is it's like when i get in their horses horses always can tell that i don't <laughs> like i'm afraid of them and they're always man horses that's a di- <laughs> it's the ostrich of the mammal world we've all got it coming kid
Archie, what's the worst thing a horse has ever done to you? They scared the living shit out of me. Every time I've ever been near a fucking horse, they scared the shit out of me. I'm not even kidding. I'm near horses almost all the time. And I, I, I'm real uneasy. Because it's just like, if a horse ever kicked you, your fucking head would explode. Alright? It would explode. And they can pick up on this fear, and it makes them scared too. And it's like, I don't know how not to be afraid of by you. You are a fucking monster animal that would absolutely obliterate my entire body. If you're afraid of horses, write in and let us know at gmail.com. If you're not afraid of horses, you're not paying attention. That's what I have to say. We got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwell. Uh-huh. We're on YouTube. Yeah. Patreon. SoundCloud. Stitcher. iTunes. Google horse Play. Hub. Horse Ooh. It's to find horses to buy and sell. <sighs> Next week, RJ, Spine 291. Yeah. Are you ready to once again feel the caress of the Lubitsch touch? <laughs> Holy shit. The Vubich He is reaching out from the ether. He's going to just slide his fingers down your cheek. Careful. And he'll whisper to you, Heaven can wait from 1943. RJ Baylock. Okay. Lubitsch. The touch. We gotta talk about this a little bit. I don't think that'd be welcome anymore in the uh, current state of affairs yeah. with people. Keep, keep your hands to yourself, Ernst. Nobody wants people touching each other. Like, just mm. trust me. It's not. It's not gonna be fun. It's not good. Good night. Who?